have not. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We start with your phone calls, and then I think we'll get through some emails here that have been waiting patiently. But first, it's James in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. James. Hey, what's going on? James, what's... It's Jamie from Kentucky. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, who do you think it was? Well, it, they wrote James. Oh, Normally, you're Jamie, and so... That's my alias. Ah, you are a tricky one. So, Jamie, what's going on in your life? It's been like months and months since we've last heard from you. Well, I tell you what, it's been awful about this old economy deal and stuff, and I've just been down in the logs. You've been down in the in the What? Down, I'm just been down in the dumps. Down in the down dumps, in, yeah. Yeah. So why are you so bummed out? I mean, I, I agree with you. The economy, uh, particularly, is bad because the because of the Federal Reserve, as you probably know. But is there anything in specific? It, that it's has, an all plan deal, though. They know what's going on. Yeah, they do know what's going on. That much is for sure. You still working yeah, at the dollar store, done, it, uh, sir? It was done planned out like everybody. Yeah. You still working at the dollar store? Well, no. Uh, no? I'm kind of unemployed right now. Oh, no. you living with Grandma still, or did she pass on? I forget. She pa- she passed away. That's right. That's right. Sorry to hear that. So what what are you doing? Where are you living? What's going on? In I'm your living life? at home right now. Living at your home by yourself? No. With mom? With folks right now. Your mom and dad? Yeah, times are hard. Time, yeah, well, you know it makes sense. About to- Dollars about to fall. You might see, uh, you, you're probably going to see as the, if the economy does keep having uh, problems, as it inevitably will. I mean, they might be able to boost it for a little bit, but as it as things do get worse and money gets tighter, you'll start to see more uh, Americans living together with their families for longer. It's just mm-hmm. not going to be affordable for kids to go and strike out on their own. And mm-hmm. even if uh, young people are out on their own, they may find that it's just it just makes more financial sense to to move in with a bunch of friends or move in with some family members. And well, you know, what, uh, what what is everybody going to do when the dollar just falls? It ain't worth nothing. What's what's everybody going to do? Well, that's a good question. Canned food and ammunition, baby. People have been talking about that uh, here on the program this week. Certainly, the marketplace will find a way to get products and services to the end user. That much is for sure. How it will all play out is very difficult to predict. I imagine gold and silver will play a role. I imagine the black market will also play a role. And things like cigarettes and alcohol and other things that are always going to be in demand will become particularly valuable and tradable and so the marketplace will sort of define on its own as the market does what hey, is you, worth trading have you heard about nasa's project that's going to happen october 14th no i haven't i doubt very many people are paying attention to it what is it it's called uh, uh it's called a uh, project blue beam blue beam and what's that mean what's it do uh well uh, you wouldn't believe me if i told you well try me jamie we hear all kinds of stuff on this show well, they're they're going to try to make it out to be like the rapture's happening. Why would they do that? What, what's the... they got these satellites in the air in the in space? Mm-hmm. Well, what... it's it's on YouTube and stuff, and it's secret. But you know, why would they want to, to do that? Why now? Why would they want to to uh, pretend like the rapture is happening? Uh, to get rid of the Christians. 
But where are the, if, the, <laughs> if the rapture happens, the, the Christians would, would rise hey, up into the air. It's all to do with aliens, too, okay? Oh, yeah? It has to do with aliens. How are they, they going to – I guess I'm confused, Jamie. What exactly are they going to do with the satellite to confuse the Christians? Well, they got these uh, 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 – where they make, uh, like, uh, some kind of uh, – have you ever heard of HARP? Yes, yeah. it's uh, an experimental. They weather no, they don't. They don't control the weather. That's an allegation. It's uh, a governmental, another governmental bureau- bureaucratic program where they allegedly are experimenting with things like radio waves and uh, trying to affect the weather. They may be attempting it. I don't know if there's ever been any real conclusive evidence that shows they've been successful. Well, we'll just have to wait till October 14th. But I guess so. I just advise so- anybody not to believe it. So, if it does happen. so you are they, you're saying they're trying to trick Christians into thinking it's the rapture when, in point of fact, it's actually not? Is that what you're getting at? How are they going to trick yeah, them? Hey, a martial law could happen, too, at that time. It very well could. Some people are saying they're... This is the October surprise. The October surprise <laughs> that people were talking about back in 2004. It didn't uh, happen back then. Maybe yeah, yeah, anything anything yeah. can certainly happen. See, the FEMA camps are, uh, got these... Uh, Got these gas uh, chambers and stuff in them. I know that for a fact. How do, do you know you? that? How well, do you know for a fact? What well, are I've your facts? I've seen it on YouTube. No, that doesn't count. Uh, I've seen what you're talking about. It was brought up like a year and a half ago on this program, and uh, uh, basically what it is is an old train station that uh, is pretty much abandoned. Or I actually think there's still some people working there, as I recall. It's like an Amtrak uh, train station, and there's some sort of piping that's going into the side of the wall. And people yeah. are saying, well, that piping is for a gas chamber where yeah. they're going to kill people. Piping into the wall probably is Well, they got the big ovens, too, ready. I, I don't know if there's any evidence for that, Jamie. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm... They cooking pizzas in them? You know, I'd like, to be- <laughs> I'd like to believe that's true. I mean, considering how tyrannical and awful the government already is. But I don't think they've gone that far I, quite yet. When they killed the Jews, didn't they have, like, railroad tracks through there and stuff? When well, they, yeah, know? and people didn't know about it either. I mean, when they were uh, hauling the Jews off to the uh, concentration yeah. camps and during Nazi Germany, many people, I mean, there were rumors, but it wasn't confirmed for a very, very long time. So, I mean, it's certainly possible that atrocious things like that could be going on, but I would hope that in this day of uh, day and age of information that we would have some leaks and people would actually get some real evidence out there and, uh, instead of just allegations based on photos yeah. taken from far away through a, a barbed wire fence. But you know what? What? People people's forget about the uh for if you forget about the past you're doomed to repeat it. Sage advice, I agree completely with that part. Jamie, thank you for the call. Good hearing from you, my friend. 800-259-9231. Always nice when old callers call in to to say hi and check in and tell us about the fake rapture <laughs> the and gas chambers. The gas chambers and stuff. One eight hundred two five nine. Imagine being uh, down in the dumps because of the uh, uh, the banking crisis. I mean, what does that have to do with you when you're unemployed from the dollar store, living with mom? I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, what does the banking crisis have to do with you? Well, I mean, it's going to affect everybody, Mark. When it, if uh, when the dollar crashes, not if, but when the dollar crashes, if they can't fa- fix the problem temporarily with the Amero or something like that, it's going to be a tough time for everybody, no matter where you live. I mean, if you've got a lot of money, you'll probably make it through it easier. But if the money's not worth anything anymore, then you better have something else to back up on. Whether that's mom and dad, well, mom and dad, or, or ammunition, or gold, or whatever it is that you can trade, should have something. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, as, well, let's continue this depression talk here because it's obviously uh, big news. People are talking about this. People are pretty disappointed with uh, the direction the government's going, which is, of course, to give their buddies in the banking industry a nice big bailout at the cost of your money. I know you won't see the amount of money in your bank account drop, but your money will become worth less as they create more money and inflate the money supply. That's just how it works. So it's essentially it's a hidden tax. Anyway, Brandon emails, and he says, I've been having debates with my father about the free market and politics in general. He believes that government intervention will save us all from our current economic woes, like it did during the Great Depression, he says. I tried to tell him that the government was, in fact, the cause of the Great Depression. But that's it's a difficult thing to prove to somebody, especially if they believe otherwise. If they're right. you know if, if they're starting out believing otherwise, it's well, difficult to prove because well, it didn't happen. Um, the government happen? the government didn't allow the free market to. Um, you know, recover during, uh, you know, in 1929 like it did in 1921. And people believe that it was FDR that uh, that saved the country. I mean, in fact, uh, the policies of the uh, New Deal uh, are what put us into a depression, the longest depression in history. So Brandon says he tried to, uh, I tried to tell my dad that the government was, in fact, the cause of it. And he broke down and said I was full of S. I was wondering if you could help me explain what really happened. God. So. I go to my favorite source whenever people ask this question, which we always this is like once a year kind of a question. What was the real cause behind the Great Depression? We have glossed over it on this program in recent days, saying that it was indeed the Federal Reserve and its manipulation of the the, the money supply, the central bank that essentially leads to the malinvestments that leads to the corrections, and in this case, the Great Depression. But our uh, our friend Mary Ruart. Dr. Mary Ruart has an excellent, easy-to-understand explanation in her book, Healing Our World. We'll turn to that here in moments and tell you about what really happened back in the beginning portion of the century. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with a whole bunch of our listeners, and you can read over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. I've been uh, taking a diet pill called Dexy 20 for the last six or seven weeks now, and I've been losing weight. You know, the the holidays are coming up, and people are, you know, probably not going to be thinking about their weight much. They're probably going to be eating whatever they want. But you can sort of stave off some of the, those extra pounds that you might pick up during the holidays by taking Dexy 20 All you've got to do is take it twice a day. It doesn't give you the jitters, and you're going to lose weight, very likely. Um, you know, Scientifically, 83% of the participants have lost weight is in, in their little test. Uh, Dexy 20 you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC. Or go to diet.freetalklive.com. That's diet.freetalklive.com. So we're going to allow Mary Ruart to tell us a little bit about how it is the entire uh, Great Depression actually occurred. This is not the story you're going to read in your government high school history textbooks. But one of the things I love about Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, which you can actually read the 90s edition free, and that's where I'm going to be reading from, uh, on her website at ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com. I like how she puts in the 
uh, this on the side of the page, there's like a little side frame, basically, with with sort of related quotes to what it is that she's talking about. Uh-huh. I'm going to share some of those quotes first, and then we'll get into her story here. Some related quotes. Congressman Charles Lindbergh in 1913, referring to the Federal Reserve Act, said this. When the president signs this bill, the invisible government of monetary power will be legalized. Ludwig von Mises in The Theory of Money and Credit said... Depressions and mass unemployment are not caused by the free market, but by government interference in the economy, as we'll see here in a moment. Thomas Jefferson, you know him, the author of the Declaration of Independence, he had this to say. If the American people ever allow banks to control the issuance of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the corporation that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all of their property until their children will wake up homeless on the continent their forefathers conquered. Hmm. Is that happening? Uh, yeah. The uh, banks have been controlling the issuance of uh, currency for almost 100 years in this country. Well, um, it, and, and they have, and he, I think that this is what uh, he's talking about. When he says homeless, maybe that doesn't mean a place to sleep. Maybe it means the owning of uh, one's they don't own home. Their home. Now, yeah. I've read uh, numbers. I've, I've, I've seen numbers between 70 and 98% of Americans uh, are have mortgages on their homes. Wow. Now... Most the, the people that are holding those mortgages are the banks. Well, then mm-hmm. um, now it appears as though the member banks of the uh, of the central you know the central member banks, the members of the uh, uh, Federal Reserve, they are snatching up these thrifts, these banks that weren't members. They're just sort of businesses. Um, you know, during this this crisis, mm-hmm. so those central banks are going to in fact own your home. Because they hold the paper on it. Yep. So that's what he's talking about. It's happening here today. They created the money in the first place, and, and now they, they have the property. The, loan, and the now money was the created property. out of nothing, yep. nothing, and now they're taking your property. Gabriel Kolko in The Triumph of Conservatism wrote, The entire banking reform movement at all crucial stages was centralized in the hands of a few men who for years were linked ideologically and personally with one another. And finally, Congressman Lewis McFadden in 1933, the chairman of the Banking and Currency Committee, said this. Every effort has been made by the Fed to conceal its power. But the truth is, the Fed has usurped the government. It controls everything here, and it controls all our foreign relations. It makes and breaks governments at will. So here's the story. This again from Healing Our World. You can get it free over at Ruark.com, but I recommend buying the updated, uh, the aughts edition. I did. It's well worth it. Here's her story. In 1914, the Federal Reserve, or the Fed, received an exclusive monopoly to issue U.S. currency. That's right. Like AT&T, the Fed is a private corporation owned by its member banks. We were talking about the member banks last night. The member banks are a few, and then there are many, many sort of lesser banks that also are in the club, so to speak. The Fed's a powerful institution. Some believe it's the most powerful in the world. Let's find out why. Before the creation of the Fed, banks found they needed reserves of approximately 21% so that they would have enough money on hand when their customers wanted to make a withdrawal. When the Fed took over the reserves of the national banks, it lowered the reserve requirement to half of that. The Fed itself used a reserve system. It kept only 35% of the reserves entrusted to it by the member banks. The balance was loaned out mostly to the government with the wealth of the American people as collateral. You know, um, it is the wealth of the American people. How did the Federal Reserve get to be the owner of the wealth of the American people? The fact is the, the, the United States government is using taxpayer dollars to bail, for this uh, banking bailout. Mm-hmm. Well, 
what is ta- what are taxpayer dollars? Taxpayer dollars are you know the, debt notes. Yeah, the, the the promise to pay in the future essentially. What are they promising? They're promising your labor. If the, if the, if the government can promise your labor to the central banks, well, central banks, central banks, then you're owned essentially. Doesn't it sound like it? They, well, that's it sounds like that, but they're promising it because they've got a brilliant indoctrination system that gets people to voluntarily turn over their hard-earned money to the system. That's that's why it keeps happening because people believe they have to pay taxes and so and they do. I mean, they've seen examples of people being hurt for not paying, so they keep paying. And they're just they're continuing the cycle of abuse. Though so even if they stopped paying, that wouldn't stop the government from being funded because they could just print out more money. So really, the solution, as we'll talk about, is moving away from the Federal Reserve note and toward alternative, real value-backed currencies. But let's continue. Uh, lowering reserves resulted in the creation of more money. As a result, the money supply doubled between 1914 and 1920, and once again from 1921 to 1929. That's it's pretty significant. The money supply doubling, which means your money becomes worth half as much, pretty much. And here's the rest. In contrast, gold in reserve in the reserve vault increased only three percent in the 1920s. The bankers would obviously be able to uh, be unable, rather, to keep their promise to deliver gold to depositors if a large number of people withdrew their money at the same time. So they were That's really a run on the bank. Right? Yeah, they were really operating on some thin margins there. As far as the reserves are concerned, businesses could not use all the newly created money the banks wished to loan, so stock speculators were encouraged to borrow. Many people got heavily into debt, thinking the boom would continue, sort of like how a lot of people bought houses, a bunch of houses, thinking thinking they were going to go up in value, they'd be able to flip them and make more money. That's what was going on up to a few years ago. In 1929, the Fed started deflation by slowing the creation of new money. People who had counted on renewing their loans to cover stock speculations or other investments found they could no longer borrow. They were forced to sell their securities, and a stock market plunge ensued. The mini-crash in October of 1987 also may have been triggered by the Fed slowing the creation of new money. People who lost money at the time spent less on goods and services as a result, Got to tighten your butt, your budget, right? So business began to slow. The businesses aren't having enough people coming in buying things. They've got to tighten their budget. With banks unwilling to renew loans, businesses began to reduce their workforce. People aren't coming through the doors. You got to cut your budget. Staffing's the biggest part of any budget in most businesses. So you start cutting the workforce. People nervously began withdrawing their gold deposits as banks in other countries quit honoring their promise to return the gold. Rumors circulated that the Federal Reserve would soon be bankrupt as well. Naturally, there was no way for the banks to exchange the inflated dollars for gold. They just didn't have it. It wasn't there. More on the way, 800-259-9231. So malinvestment, people started to pull stuff out of the, pull their funds out of the bank We'll tell you what the rest of the story is here in moments, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want if you dial toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. 
And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, we give them away. And they include live streams, broadband, dial-up, and webcams. Uh, webcam, we've got them all over for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call. And they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. We had an email come in from uh, Brandon, and he's been having a discussion with his dad about... Uh, what's the cause? What was the original cause of the Great Depression? Of course, Dad, his dad believes that the government can save us from financial calamity. And Brandon was pointing out to him that, wait a minute, Dad, it's the government that created the financial calamity in the first place, then and now. And so he wanted some more detail on exactly what had happened back then. Right, because everybody believes that essentially the Great Depression just sort of happened because mm-hmm. that's what happens with business. Right, but it isn't what happens with business, not when money is uh, backed by, you know, real value. I mean, you, you don't hear about the uh, uh, you don't hear about ice cream stores closing, uh, closing their doors. Why should you be hearing about banks closing their doors? They're just a business, right? Well, they're not because they're connected with the central bank and given the power to print to, to you know, create right. money through the central bank, who was given that power by Congress in 1913. So, they're, you know, linked with our uh, economic system. So what happened was they, uh, the Federal Reserve created in 1913, uh, you know, putting a, a whole bunch of money out there, and they started lowering the reserves as far as the gold that was necessary to be on deposit in order to make good on people that wanted to come in and exchange their money. Uh, and so they did that, and they really slashed down the reserve uh, percentages. Uh, people started spending money like crazy, malinvesting, and eventually there was just uh, too much money. People got uh, too heavily into debt, thinking the boom would continue. The Fed then started slowing the creation of new money, and people started, you know, stopped buying things. Businesses started to go uh, to cut staff. Uh, the, the, you know, it had begun basically, and so people went to the banks to try to withdraw their money. Some got it out, but as people withdraw their bank funds, the money supply decreases, just the reverse of what happens when they deposit it. The bank's failure to loan, coupled with massive withdrawals, called, caused even greater deflation. People lost their savings and their purchasing power. In turn, businesses lost their customers and laid off workers. Each loss contributed to the next, resulting in the most severe depression that Americans had ever known. Now, had this happened in Scotland between 1793 and 1845, bank owners, the stockholders, would have, may, would have to make their promises good by digging into their own pockets. In our own country, however, the government enforcement agents were instructed to come after the American citizenry instead. Franklin Roosevelt convinced Congress to pass a bill making it illegal for Americans to own gold. In a free country. Right. Everyone had to exchange their valuable gold for Federal Reserve notes, which have no intrinsic value. Gold was still given to foreigners who brought their dollars to be exchanged for gold, but not to Americans. That's true. While U.S. banks failed in the early 1930s and Americans were shorn of their gold, no Canadian banks failed. Between 1921 and 1929, the Great Depression, American depositors lost an estimated $565 million. Remember, this is back in 1920s money. So $565 million back then was a whole lot of money, whereas today, you know, not so much. While Canadian losses during that same time frame, 1920, 1921 through 29, were less than 3% of $565 million. Wow. 
Now, Canada enjoyed a banking system similar to the one described earlier for Scotland. Well, and, you know, the United States and Canada, their economies are linked. So even if the United States did poorly, Canada would have done, you know, when the United States did poorly, Canada would have done poorly, too, because they sold a lot here. Right. Canada has a tenth of the population, but they still only lost 3%. So um, there you go. I mean, you know, they still, uh, it was a third, essentially. At that time in Canada, like in Scotland, there were few licensing laws and no central bank with an exclusive monopoly on the issuance of currency. Each bank issued its own notes and protected itself and the public by refusing to loan to inflating banks. Just as in Scotland, the stockholders of the banks were obligated to make good the inflated currency. Unfortunately for Canada, the aggression of licensing laws was instituted in 1935. So, the party's over there. Why did the Canadians switch from a system that protected them from bankruptcy? Why did England eventually impose its inferior system on Scotland? Because when you have a system of power, and that's what we—that's what you have with the central, you know, with the, with the parliamentary uh, system like we have here in the United States, um, and you know the, the bicameral legislature or whatever. When you have that power and people can seize it, the people that have the most money um, are going to try to seize the power so that they can make more money and, you know, do what they want in the world. And yep. so the, the central banker types, you know, the, peop- the the bankers understand how this whole system works. And so they seize power. Essentially, they get their rubes in there to do what they want them yep. to do. And then they take over the monetary system and they get get in in power so they can steal your money. Right. And people believe uh, that's pretty much summarizes what Mary Rort continues to say. So I'll stop there. But people believe that they can somehow wrest control of the system away from these people who've been entrenched in it for so long by using the system. I think you can um, if you can get enough people mobilized and then uh, have them to remain vigilant. However, Like like the Ron Paul people. Um, well, they uh, they didn't get enough people, and they've got to right, get more. Right. Um, yeah. So I we'll think have to it, wait four years. I think it again, can right? be done. Yeah. However, I don't think that you can show me uh, too many places in the world where it has been done right. and been done successfully. It's not I bloody think likely. That, I think that you're talking about a utopia. You're up against the people that print the money. Just like communism <laughs> would be a utopia. Um, that the idea that you can have... Uh, you know, central power, that much central power, and that the bankers aren't going to try to get a hold of it so they can uh, control the issuance of money. They've been doing it for centuries, Almost people. Almost 100 years in this country. We continue with your calls. Let's talk to Tony in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tony. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I want to talk about the economy, too. It's, Please. Uh, interesting stuff that Mary Ruart had, had to say. Yes, sir. And uh, this bailout, of course, is something that uh, that is on everybody's mind. Well, maybe not everybody, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I particularly liked what Webster Griffin Tarpley had to say about uh, about it, and he presented three different possible solutions to what uh, you know what we're currently faced with, which is what a seven hundred billion dollar bailout of uh, I can't even remember the name of the uh, financial institution right now. It slips my mind, but but uh, uh, the head of the Federal Reserve, I believe, uh, was the oh, Goldman Sachs, right? Yeah. That's what it is. No, okay. it's not Goldman Sachs that's getting uh, bailed out. I think it was uh, it, Freddie, um, Fannie and Freddie are the ones that are well, getting no, bailed I, out. No, I think Fannie and Freddie were already taken over by the. Fed. Oh, okay. So this is the this is the money deal then. This is you know this is where they're saying. Uh, There's so uh, much you know, failing want... right now. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> right, right. And, and then uh, I, I even read an article on uh, Prison Planet today, and uh, somebody had called uh, somebody in the Treasury Department. And they said that uh, they just wanted a big number. They didn't even really know uh, why they chose 700 billion. They just wanted a large number. 
So, you know, it almost seems like a chilling effect to just try to scare everybody. And then you have Bush get up there and talk to people. And he just looked like the devil, really. Uh, you know, that uh, I, I haven't gone and watched the uh, thing because I don't really, I, we don't have cable at my house. I don't watch mm-hmm. television. I watch it as little as possible. But he just looks so evil when he's doing that. But anyway, back to... Uh, tar- These are evil, evil people. Yeah, back to Tarpley's solution, though. We have three different possibilities of the way we could go. Uh, you know, one is to just say, well, let's just let uh, the banks crash. Uh, you know, that would be the sort of the free, mar- you know, purely free market solution, you know. And so he uh, calls that the Herbert Hoover solution. And we saw where that led. Now, you also have the possibility of just, you know, of going along with this, and that gives you the inflationary depression because that's going to make our money le- uh, worth less. Uh, and then you have the you know the New Deal type of solutions where you're you basically using the government to you know put money in the pockets of people instead of uh, instead of putting it in the pockets of the bankers. Does that make sense? You know, and that uh, so uh, so the money gets spent uh, any any which way. Uh, I see what you're saying. Well, you do see what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know what he's saying about the free market solution, and kind of makes a good point about that. Is if we just go with purely free market right at this point, that uh, in a month or two the the food will not be in the supermarkets. You know, it well, basically society cock. completely break down. Yeah, it's poppycock. So, I mean, of course there are people out there that want to scare people about the free market. Thanks for the call. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What about the free market solution, the scary one? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to... Ooh, you can learn how to promote the show at promote.freetalklive.com. But, Mark, you say that the voting situation has become quite... It's contentious. Um, Frightening. Yeah, yeah, there's... uh, We need your vote, so go to vote.freetalklive.com. We've been shored up all month long pretty effectively, but I guess they've been trickling... uh, Our lead has been trickling away as the second place show has been catching up. So we need you, if you haven't voted, we only asked like once or twice at the very beginning of the month, got enough votes to really boost us pretty effectively. So if you didn't vote at the beginning of this month, please go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast It's been a vote. very low voting month. Here it is, really? the 26th. There's only 511 votes, um, which, you know, it's it's obvious that we haven't been out there banging for them. We haven't needed right. them. But most most months that end on the 30th or 31st, mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, 1,000 to 1,200 votes. So a lot of people have uh, taken the month off, and I would uh, ask them to get in there and uh, vote at vote.freetalklive.com. Please. It's, it's kind of bittersweet. A friend of ours is uh, at number two. But, yeah, he just can't win. Sorry. (laughs) So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. You only need your email address. won't be sold or spammed. It's used just to simply verify you're a real living human being. So please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us as we continue here to uh, discuss what Tony had called in about, this suggestion that the free market solution to the uh, economic situation that we're dealing right. with here well, it's, it's, is scary. Um, well, yeah, it, it, I, I can see where they're coming from, and, and that's we what we've need been, the government. That's to what we've been taught. Now, f- smooth it out. The idea is, is that even though the free market would have saved us, you know, if we would have gone to the free market, we would have never had to deal gone with the free market. We'd have never had to deal with the problems that we currently have. We do have the problems, and yeah. we have to deal with them. So, of course. 
you'd want to have the government step in so we can go for a soft landing, right? But it doesn't work that way. No, it, it, may, uh, it may very well make it softer here in the short term. However, what it's doing is it's making the landing harder in the future. Right. The longer you keep delaying that landing, the worse and nastiest, uh, nastier it's going to get. Do we need a correction? Well, yeah, yeah. You, it's going to hurt. Some, I mean, some people are going to get hurt. By a lot it. of banks have made a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of mistakes. And I'm sorry, those rich guys in the banks, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not shedding tears. Yeah, I, I, they can afford the loss. Yeah. It, sell a few you know, houses, you'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> um, you know, if people, if people who bought bad mortgages, I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to get hurt so badly. At that point, you're really just talking about the economy taking a downturn. Yeah. Um, you know, people buying and selling less. And as far as I'm concerned, the best solution here is to close the Federal Reserve. It's not yep. going to happen. No, of course not. I mean, that's why I was going to tell the caller, uh, Tony, he can, he can rest safe And that's safe not tonight. the Herbert Hoover um, you know, uh, definition. Otherwise, the Federal Reserve wouldn't have been created in 1913 mm. and then continued. Uh, I mean, you know, yes, the banks should have to deal with the bad investment that they made, but we need to get rid of the Federal Reserve anyway. That's the source of all of the problems we're talking about here. But as you say, Mark, it's not going to happen. That, not, that option is is not even on the table. Ron Paul might put that option on the table and it'll be swept off right away. Uh, so the politicians, the Republicans and the Democrats are not interested in that option. It's not even being discussed. So the options that are on the table all involve some sort of bailout. And so things will be continued on into the future for how, who knows how long. They, uh, there's no way to know how long they can keep this house of cards standing. Uh, but as you say, Mark, it's like, like basically they keep adding cards to the top. They they keep adding cards to the House of Cards is essentially what they're Pretty doing, so. and unfortunately, it won't feel like a House of Cards when it falls. It's going to be a lot more no, dangerous. It's going to feel like a real house fell on you. Yeah. Let's go to Peter in New York. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, Peter. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, you had mentioned, uh, you were talking about Mary Ruard and some of her comments, um, and there was a mention of a man named Louis McFadden. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a little footnote from history. Uh, McFadden actually tried in '33 to impeach the Secretary of the Treasury, along with the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, um, and a lot of the, uh, the lieutenants, I call them, from the 12 regional banks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what ended up happening to him is that there was an attempt on his life. Oh, my. Once, once by shooting. And then once by a poisoning that made him violently ill, according to Wikipedia, after attending a political banquet in Washington. So not one, but two attempts on the life of this man who was basically an early crusader against the uh, Federal Reserve system. Why, why not take out Ron Paul? I mean, I'm not calling well, you a Well, he's not having the success that uh, McFadden had. Oh, I see. I see. So it's only if you're successful, you'll, they'll go after you then. I'm afraid Ron Paul's a, a lone voice crying in the wilderness. Yeah, I see. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm not I'm not clear entirely on how much popular support McFadden actually had and the man I'm not defending the man had a lot of very bad views it seems that he was an anti-Semite uh, okay. and pro pro Nazi sympathizer so there were a lot of things about him that were not Present, but, uh, the same. Know, the same's true with with Andrew Jackson. Uh, not exactly right. the the most. Uh, you know, the, right. I, I can't defend the good Indian. Every in, the only good Indian right. is a dead Indian uh, statement. However, he did get rid of the central bank here in the United States, the seventh president right. of the United States, and uh, you know we had a gold standard for a very long time. It's just that you can't trust the government to keep a gold standard. Mm. Now, I believe previously a gentleman named Tom Colgan from California, and he mentioned uh, what I think what Webster Tarpley had said about the free market solutions of the problem causing you know mass chaos. Yeah, that was Tony. 
there is no there is no free market solution to this problem right now. There is no solution to the problem right now. And I think Mark that I, I think that's what Mark was trying to say, other than dismantling the banking system that we currently have. Right. And it's a solution. So, it's a solution. So, it's a long term solution as opposed to a short term solution. Solution. Is there anything that's going to um, mitigate or or um, get rid of the the coming crash, whether it comes in uh, right. a couple of weeks, you know, a few weeks, or whether it comes in a few years? It's coming, people. Right, and right now you have the talking heads on radio and in the media sort of trying to present this debate in a way they're oversimplifying it. Basically, you have people, uh, the Democrats are blaming Wall Street greed, okay, and then you have the Republicans are blaming uh, 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 government because of because Fannie Mae and Freddie Freddie Mac were always sort of quasi government institutions. Right. Okay. And there's some wisdom on both sides there, but none of them, nobody has talked about the Federal Reserve at yep. all. Yep. Okay. Hey, here's some scary and, news for you, Peter. Uh, this coming yeah. in from the Associated Press just a couple hours ago. A week ago, it totaled just three pages. The White House's request for $700 billion to uh, bail out the financial institutions. By Monday, after an intense weekend of negotiations, the draft had swelled to 42 pages. But by today, after yeah. a week of marathon talks, the uh, working version, which they're not finished with yet, is now up to 102 pages. Yeah. So if yeah. you thought it was bad originally when proposed, it sounds like it's uh, you know a hundred times worse at this point because essentially what I think's going on here is you know this is like an emergency piece of legislation, right? So in any emergency piece of legislation, what you usually see happening is all of the legislators just start piling in all the things they've been trying to to ram through for the last however long they've been trying to ram it through, and I bet you're going to see all kinds of unrelated things added to this so-called bailout bill. It won't just be bailouts if it's a hundred something pages it'll be all kinds of emergency provisions the government people uh, wanted to enact but maybe weren't, weren't able to exactly this is a, this is a financial patriot act nobody's going to have a chance to fully read it or absorb the information there's going to be deal making between the two parties and they're going to throw in nonsense provisions as you just said that's exactly what's going to happen if i could quickly i know there are probably other people waiting Go ahead. On, on the line but quickly um, I had called them last night and said that I had uh, uh, faxed my congresswoman, you know, uh, and, and yeah. you know that we had a conversation as to whether that would be futile or not. Well, I did. I did follow up this morning uh, at 9:05 a.m. Uh, with with her office uh, to ask them whether they were in receipt of this letter and should mm -hmm. I expect any response. Um, I did manage, after annoying a few of the staffers, to get the chief of staff on the phone mm -hmm. uh, or somebody, a gentleman who claimed he was the chief yeah. of staff, <laughs> and he indicated to me that they have received over 150 faxed uh, letters indicating, uh, 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 demanding that Congresswoman McCarthy not vote for this provision, and that he has made it clear to the Congresswoman that her constituents are not pleased with the situation and do not blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if I was just getting the runaround, but, you know. We'll see. That, Paul that, is on that's a job. That's positive to me. I, I, we'll see. Let us know how Ms. Yep. McCarthy votes on this. This is the same woman that, by the way, always is proposing new gun bans and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and she's, she, she's, yeah, she's viral in many respects. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, keep us in the loop. Let us know how that turns out for you, all right? All right, man. Thanks, Peter, and good luck. 800-259-9231. Can't say I got my hopes up. Well, uh, you, uh, you How many will dissent? I, of, uh, they're going to come to a compromise. Everybody's going to be able to uh, say that they got this. You know, they they managed uh -huh. to to really do the right thing, and in the process, the American people are going to get screwed. Maybe a little less than they would have. <laughs>
They're all going to link arms together. How many will dissent of the 535? One. <laughs> Ron Paul. Yeah. All right, 800. There might be another one or two of them that have the courage, but we'll see. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Still, your call's coming up. Also, we'll tell you what happened this morning with the triple civil disobedience event that occurred. And an update on the couch situation. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find all the features are free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites, enjoy freetalklive.com on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls, and I think we'll still jump into some more emails here just because I've got so many of them. Uh, but we got calls, and that's what the show's about. So let's start with Larry in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Larry. How are, how are you today? Just great, Larry. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've covered this bit yet or not, but if, I heard you mention the various amendments that, have, that the that the so-called bailout has gone through from three mm-hmm. pages and is ballooning from there. Yeah, I was wondering if those if that critical phrase that transfers non-reviewable power uh, to the Secretary of the Treasury from Congress to the Secretary of the Treasury and strips the uh, Congress and the courts of any power to review is that provision still there i have no idea i haven't read it but that seems like the least likely of them of them to make it um you know they, i don't see why because it's just so crazy well they've given right. uh, they've given the homeland security uh, guy the power to dictate all kinds of things including what should be on the national driver's license so i don't think it's a, i what, don't think in what this should be on age, the national driver's license is completely different than entire dictatorial uh, uh he's got power, more power than that our monetary he can arbitrarily system? decide uh, all kinds of things on an arbitrary basis uh, so I, I it would not surprise me if it was still there but as you sa- as mark said i certainly haven't read it nor do i plan to i've got better things to do in fact, I don't even know if these drafts are available publicly at this point. They're just drafts. They're still working on adding more crap to them. So it's a, it's a good question, and I don't think one that can be answered at this point. Well, the, it's, I think it's uh, rather critical because the, uh, that, that is the dictatorial, that is pure dictatorial power if that one passes. 
Um, and I can't, I can't imagine that they're talking about anything. I, I, I don't know why they're talking about anything else other than that provision. It's deal-making, um, man. It's back-scratching, log-rolling, as it's called, uh, where the one side scratches the other's back in return for the other side scratching back, and they all get their provisions added in. It's an emergency bill, so they get to put, throw in all kinds of uh, stuff into the pot, and it'll all end up getting passed. Well, okay, but I guess what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, say... Say Congress passes a law that uh, that uh, requires that, that gives people money to buy gasoline to burn down churches. Okay, this is just a hypothetical. Okay. Suppose that happens. This law passes. Okay, then the churches, of course, and various citizens groups sue in the courts to say, you know, this law is unconstitutional. Uh, never, you know, First Amendment's the easy one, and there's there's probably five or six other constitutional violations as well, and the courts. The courts say, yes, you're right, and they throw it out and invalidate the law, and things return to normal, and no gasoline uh, is bought by Congress to burn down churches. That's, that's, a, that's a hyperbole sort of example. But the Secretary of the Treasury now, for the first time in the United States history, if, if that original paragraph exists in, in the final bill, gives the Secretary of the Treasury unreviewable power to appropriate however much money he wants Mm-hmm. However much money he wants for whatever purpose, and neither the Congress nor the courts can say or do anything about it. What I mean, significantly though, what would change? I mean, basically, the Congress rubber stamps everything the Fed wants anyway. So, I mean, really, would there be, be that much that would change as a result of that? I don't know. Well, hypothetically, <laughs> well, okay, okay. In practical terms, depending compared to what's going on right now, nothing would change in terms of the way it's actually operating. But in terms of the legal potential to challenge these things in courts, but that's gone. And that's Larry, Larry, you, sh- you shouldn't engage my partner on this because he's of the opinion that the the everybody who's a politician is just the most evil, vile most individual. I give Ron Paul he's a pass. He's just a bigot, and you can't, you simply can't. It's discuss not bigoted; these if it's based on him. evidence, Mark. Do you have evidence that they're going to give uh, Bernanke, uh, or excuse me, Paulson? I have uh, evidence that the fed- that the goons in the federal government never stand up to uh, the the Federal Reserve. They don't even stand up against uh, President Bush as far as uh, pulling. Tr- Groups out. They, these people have no spine, and they're owned lock, stock, and barrel by the people that uh, that bankroll them, and those are the bankers. Sorry, I just you know can't be I can't be positive about this. It's the federal government. It's the uh, the worst collection of uh, liars and thieves and scumbags that mankind has ever seen. And uh, you expect these people to do the right thing in this case? I suppose it's possible, but as I said before, what significantly will change? Nothing. They're just rearranging the ch- the deck chairs on the Titanic. Either way, it's going down. <laughs> Uh, well, I, actually, I tend to agree with you, but at least if they, at least if they made a motion to save their own power of the purse, then we would at least have a glimmer of hope. But if they, if they voluntarily throw away the power of the purse, then there's, we don't need any more evidence that Congress is utterly complicit in the whole thing. Do you really need more evidence at this point? I, I don't think a Congress is utterly complicit, Ian. A Congress, in, they mean? just don't know. But the vast majority of people don't know what the Federal Reserve is. I they don't, don't care. understand. Ignorance how, is no what, excuse, man. You're pulling that lever. You're making those uh, decisions. But, but, uh, ordering... but ignorance isn't complicity. Yeah, uh, I don't know about I think, that. I think oh. they're complicit, but I, but it, yeah, I, I, ignorance works as well. I mean, but they're both, they're both bad. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it, Larry. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Stephen is on the line in California. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Stephen, going once in California. I hear something. Hello. Hi, Stephen. You're on the air. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? All right. Great. Um, yeah, my name is Stephen. I'm with. Uh, 
the end of the Fed project. All right. And yeah, if you haven't heard about us, check us out on endthefed.us. What's your plan, Stephen? How are you going to do it? Well, November 22nd is the 98th anniversary of the Jekyll Island meeting where they dreamed the whole thing up. Mm. And uh, there's going to be a protest at every single Fed office and every single Fed uh, bank. What are the uh, What is the end result or the end goal of your protest going to be, or goals if there are multiple? Well, we're just saying that this is the beginning of the end. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that having one protest is going to do it, but what will uh, do it? What's that? What will do it? Well, I uh, don't know, but we're going to start somewhere. So let's Good get point. started on November 22nd. Good point. I'm uh-huh. with you there. Um, uh, it's better than what everybody else is doing every other time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. I think protests can be fun. Uh, they can be uh, good for uh, press coverage in some cases, depending on uh, what you're protesting and if the press is interested. So that's a possibility. Also, protests can be useful because you might be able to spread a URL or a website or something like that to some people that hadn't known about it before. It can be a networking act, uh, activity where you can meet new people that have similar uh, interests. So I won't down people for uh, for going to a protest. I think it's fine. I just don't think the Federal Reserve is going to care, nor do I think the uh, the Congress critters are going to really care either um so really if you want to figure out how to get rid of the federal reserve you kind of have to you've got your goal you want to get rid of the federal reserves so you have to work backwards from the goal and figure out how to get there which of course would require either the congress people right. to give a damn about what you have to say or for you to run a bunch of campaigns try to get people elected and change the system from the inside which is what liberty-minded people have been trying to do for decades and have utterly failed, failed, and failed again. Uh, so I don't know if it's possible to do what you're suggesting. I think that perhaps maybe the better solution would be to create alternatives and focus on uh, promoting those, like uh, the well, Liberty Dollar like tried said, to do it. Like I said, the, the intention is for this to be the beginning right. of, a, of an ongoing campaign, and certainly uh, creating alternative currencies would be part of that. Uh, That's good. Project, good to hear. I would, I would say. And uh, the attitude in this country uh, right now is very hot on this issue. So now is the time to bring people out in large numbers. And um, there's never been a protest at every single Fed office and every single Fed bank at the same time. I think it would be certainly uh, a historic beginning to uh, a movement to uh, illuminate this issue. It sounds like a great idea. I think you might be on the right track there, especially if you guys are supporting the idea of of introducing alternative currencies, because people are going to have to have something to switch over to. Uh, otherwise, ending the Fed you know, is going to be an... It's, a, it's a, probably an impossible practice to do from a political standpoint, simply because the bankers are so influential and so in control, and the politicians just don't care about what we think. So creating those alternatives for people to, to choose and to uh, to do business in is really, I think, the best solution, because if the alternatives are working and growing and hopefully decentralized, unlike the mistake the Liberty Dollar made by centralizing all of their operations in one office to where the feds could come in, swoop in, and steal all their precious metals, if these alternative future alternative currencies, which have yet to be developed, are decentralized in their distribution models, I'm not sure how exactly that would be set up, but just the general concept of decentralization will help protect them from seizures and government uh, interference. And I thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. His organization, again, was called End the Fed, so you might want to look into that if that is intriguing to you. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything just by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're free for you, an entire year's worth of the program. At freetalklive.com. Travel less. Meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com, enter the promo code 600, and start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Promo code you need is 600. And that allows you to uh, start your free trial of WebEx today. Plus, you can learn how to get a free webcam. That's WebEx.com. As we continue with your calls, we talk to Mark in Brazil. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark. Mark, you're on the air. Mark in Brazil. Hey, uh... Hello. Yeah, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Mark? Go ahead. No, I just had a question uh, about uh, Jason uh, over at SACL. Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, the prime sponsor of Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. Yeah, I I was just thinking, if if someday he had a lobotomy, Uh would SACL have to say that they have a half-orbed approach to collection? (laughs) I don't know that the orb is, in fact, uh, uh, indicative of uh, Jason's brain. Well, also, Jason uh, runs know. the business with his dad, so there would probably be two orbs there if yeah. that were the case. So, But it was a good joke. It catches oh, people's cool. attention. Yeah, it was a good joke. All right. What thanks, else you got, Mark? Yeah. All right, thanks for the call. That's all I got. Wow, made a call from Brazil just to make that comment. 800-259-9231. That's dedication for you, because when you call from another country, it probably costs you something. I mean, well, I know we have a toll-free number, VoIP. but... I, yeah, that's true. VoIP, yeah, you could get a VoIP number from the United States and use that in, around the world. That's true. Good point. All right, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, Mark, uh, unfortunately, you were not able to make it this morning for the activities that went on in the Keene District Court. Nah, sleeping. But uh, allow me to summarize what went on this morning. We mentioned a little while back that there was going to be a triple civil disobedience going on, wherein Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com was going to attempt to enter the Keene District Court here in uh, lovely Keene, New Hampshire, set up a video camera, and pan, illegally pan the camera in the courtroom. I don't know if it's illegal that well, the judge had banned panning um, Then it's illegal. The, the judge's interpretation of the laws, or the, the ordinances or statutes in New Hampshire, uh, in regards to media being in courtrooms, he had interpreted in the past that the you can't move the camera rule means you can't move the camera at all. Like you can't pan it from right to left across the courtroom. You know, to get a better shot of somebody's face, for instance. Right. It's one thing to, you know, be uh, slapping the tripod together, picking up, going to the other side of the courtroom, you know, bustling around. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Oh, pardon. Uh, you know, and then setting up, click, 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 click. You know, that's a little distracting. Yeah. Moving the camera back and forth, panning, not the same thing as moving the camera. Right. But what was going on before is the judge was doing this, setting this rule, not because it was his interpretation, it was because he wanted to control us. He wanted to uh you had these free staters and these liberty activists coming in and they're coming into his court and they're not standing when uh when the judge comes in the so-called judge when he enters nobody stands up and it's just got to be really disturbing for him so what they want to do these control freaks is they want to 
they want to micromanage you as much as they possibly can. So that's why the judge was saying, oh, you can't pan the camera. And you can only have one camera in the courtroom at a given time. And if there's two people that want the tape, well, you just have to agree to share the tape. You're speculating. Um, you, you, you don't know why the judge decided to do what he did. Um, the, man, uh, I, the, the time that I saw him and his actions up to this point have seemed rather reasonable. He's been okay. I mean, he's let some people off on some things, and that he should be praised for. Are you for, sure he's not a control freak? He's okay. Well, he is, is a control, control freak. freak if yeah. he he's not as bad as some control freaks. Why don't you just freaks, tell the facts, okay? But he is a control freak in that he is ordering people to do things that they shouldn't have to do. Look, he he you know there was a rule that you can't move the camera. Panning is moving the camera. Somebody yeah. wasn't clear. That's all. Well, uh, so Dave Ridley was going to go in there and move the camera regardless of what the judge told him to do. And it turns out that when things were getting started this morning, about a dozen activists showed up, uh, which is, I think, a pretty good turnout for 8 in the morning. And so Dave went into the court, and the judge called him up. And oh, that's he, he told him that uh, he had reviewed the regulations, and he determined that his interpretation of the regulations in the past where the ordinances had been incorrect, there and you that go. he'd changed his mind, and that now... Doesn't sound like a control freak to me. No, I, uh, Mark, know, no, I mean, what, what it is you... is that he got called onto the carpet by a man who had the courage to be willing to be arrested for breaking the rules this man had laid down before. He, he absolutely is as much of a control freak as he can get away with. It's just that the activism in this case, the shining the light on the cockroaches, so to speak, is what... Forced this man into a position where he had to make good. Well, I really That's appreciate what it is. The, I really appreciate the additional freedom I have today. But um, the the, the yeah, thing, well, it's you a, know, it's an, it's you a do change. a disservice by these uh, the hyperbolic attacks that that you're making here. The fact is, the guy made. You don't know what he would have done if Dave wouldn't have done his civil disobedience. I think Dave's civil disobedience was fine. What I've got a problem with here is terms like control freak. You, don't, I mean, this. He's, he, if he was a control freak, he would have thrown Dave's ass in jail. And you, when you sit, stood up and said anything about it. Yeah, I see. You want a control freak? That, Let me sit behind that uh, right. that bench when you yeah. come in with your little uh, yeah. pan. I, band I see where crap. you're coming from on that, Mark. But unfortunately, you're not factoring the reality of the fact that there were t- a dozen people sitting there, and they were going to spread this as far and as wide as they possibly could. When you shine light on these control freaks, on these sickos that want to aggress against their neighbors and control people and and uh, tell people what to do with their lives, that's who these people are, and you know it. And you're coming to their defense, and I'm not sure why. But I'm just, when you shine I, no, the light no, on I'm them, not coming to their offense, defense, Ian. I am telling you how to better talk about it. You're, 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 you're making these hyperbolic attacks that have you for no good these reason. These are people who would like to control the lives of others. Therefore, they're control freaks. Just because they relinquish their control, Mark, doesn't mean they're any less interested in controlling the lives of others. They relinquish their control because they had light shown upon their activities and they were embarrassed about what they did. Because they have to appear as the though they're legitimate. They have to get the people to believe that they are legitimate, that they're not just some average gang of thugs and ruffians trying to tell people what to do. So they do have to behave to some extent. That's the whole purpose of the courtroom in the first place, is to uh, run cover for violence being enacted on our fellow man. That's what the court is all about. The people wouldn't have given a flying flip whether Dave went to jail today or not. The 
people probably wouldn't have known about it for the most part. You, you, you may be right about that. But the people that are paying attention, the people that listen to the news, for instance, the people that read the newspaper, may have known about it because it was publicized. And there was uh, a cameraman there from WKBK uh, Radio, one of our affiliates here in Keene. He had come to cover that story. Good. And that video is going up on their website. People are going to see that. So the news would have gotten out. It would have gotten out on the free Keene blog. And these people don't want others, they don't want people to know how nasty they can be. And so now they're behaving a little bit more because people are paying attention and they're being called onto the carpet. I'd like to thank Dave for bringing this to light with this judge and, Me too. and, and making a, a courageous uh, and man. making a, a, a courageous stand so that the judge ha- so the judge had to look at it and review because the judge was mistaken. He sure was. And I think that, and he gracious, that gracious people allow people to make mistakes graciously. Sorry, but you're not gracious if what you do for a living, Mark, is put people in jail cells that haven't harmed others. I saw this very same judge put a girl in a jail cell because she had a heroin problem. A tiny little lady that hadn't harmed anybody. She hadn't stolen anything. She had a heroin problem. This man is a sick control freak. There's no doubt about it. That's what government people do. I think they can change. They can change. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airways if you dial toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Over 1,800 pages await you at the wiki. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. You can create virtually anything. You can edit virtually anything. It's like the listener editable version of our website. So head over to wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. We're talking about the event from earlier in the day, the triple civil disobedience, which was a tremendous success First, Dave Ridley uh, from RidleyReport.com, who we've had on the show a number of times, went into Keene District Court with his video camera, uh, set it up, and the judge changed his rules. He changed his interpretation of the law uh, to allow for panning, which he had previously disallowed in his courtroom. Now, as of today, this morning, panning is allowed in Keene District Court, which is great because it's setting a precedent. So anytime anybody else goes in to the court, Dave Ridley or whoever it might be that has a camera, they can now point to today and they can say, well, wait a minute, you can't change you can't change your mind now. You already said that panning is allowed. So panning now allowed, whereas it wasn't before. Here's something else the judge didn't say. And I posted a summary over at freekeen.com. You can take a look, a closer look there. And there will be some, I think there'll be some video footage of the trial, uh, Nick Ryder's trial, which I'll tell you about in a moment here uh, today that'll be posted later at freekeen.com. But one of the things that the so-called judge didn't mention when he was talking to Dave up in front of the courtroom was that he'd made another change. Now, nobody actually mentioned this change out loud, but it was quite apparent. One of the other major changes was now they're allowing anybody to bring in recording devices, which is a huge victory. Prior to today, this judge would tell you that if you had a recording device, your SOL, or he'd have his minions tell you, his minions would tell you, sorry, you can't lie in the courtroom with that. You've already got one camera in here. If you want that, you know, want the access to the tape, they'll have to give you access to the tape. So you'll have to share the tape. Basically, the, uh, the idea that uh, the media would have to pool their resources, essentially. So that changed. 
So four video cameras were in the courtroom operating today. And not only that, uh, there was a voice recorder in there. I had a voice recorder hanging around my neck. Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com had a video camera and a camera stuck in his pocket so he could have pulled out and, that out and recorded with it. Nobody was refused uh, their recording devices to enter the court today, which is fantastic. I think it's good, I think it's good and worth and worth the uh, people getting up in the morning for. It. Absolutely, yeah. and and it was just uh, this is great because it means you know the more cameras, the better off we are. The more daylight we can shine on these people's activities. Then the trial began because Dave had come out there not only to be disobedient but also to uh, to videotape the Nick Ryder trial. Now Nick is another activist, actually a New Hampshire native here in the Keene area. He is uh, a video production kind of guy, and he happened to get pulled over for speeding, I guess, a month ago or something like that. So they gave him the ticket, and he decided he was going to go to court on this ticket, and he decided that he was not going to pay. Now, Nick had never done anything like this before. This was his first real episode of civil disobedience. In fact, one of the first in general outside of Russell Canning and, and Lauren Canario. And a pretty big one, yeah. Uh, and this, yeah, this absolutely is big, and I, really, it must have taken a lot of courage for Nick to, uh, to, to make this move, and I have to congratulate him and thank him for putting his neck out, essentially, for, for the non-cooperative movement. And so he came, you know, he came in and he, he had his uh, trial. And uh, and again, the, the video footage will probably be up later at freekeen.com. But essentially, he did a really great job. And I'm sure he was really nervous during it. I, I didn't ask him that, but presumably, I mean, I'm sure I would get all excited uh, be, being up there. And he did a great job. He uh, he actually questioned the police officer, the state trooper that was up there. He questioned that guy and caught him in a lie, essentially. And uh, Tell me about that. Uh, the state trooper had claimed originally that he was stopped on the side of the road and that he'd shot him with with radar as Nick as Nick passed by. Nick uh, Nick actually I guess he didn't ask the state trooper this, but essentially Nick testified that the state trooper was actually following him and not stopped on on the side of the road. Nick got the trooper to admit that no one was damaged uh, by this act of speeding. Nick got the trooper to admit that no one had complained about this act of speeding. Nick got the trooper to admit that he was not in any way driving. Uh, in a way that put people in danger. And so all of that was admitted on the, on the stand. So it was very interesting just what happened in uh, the trial. But more interesting was what happened at the very end. And the judge, in this case, heard Nick's uh, closing statement, and Nick told the judge that he wasn't going to pay the ticket. So the judge says, okay, I'll take that under advisement. Thank you. Nick kind of just sat there looking confused, wasn't sure what to do next. And the judge said, you can, you can go now. And that was it. Smart. I'll take that under advisement. Now, Mark, if the judge was going to pronounce Nick guilty and lay down a sentence, he would have done it right then, right? That's what judges do. They say, I pronounce you guilty, and now you will be sentenced to blah, 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 X, Y, Z, whatever the sentence is. They always do it. I've been to enough trials to know. I've been to enough of these things to know. But he's the judge. He can do anything. It's true. He, it's, he's the judge, and he can do anything. So I suppose it's possible that Nick could all of a sudden receive a conviction or a guilty sentence in the mail later on down the line. But every time I've been in a courtroom, those judges have laid down those guilty verdicts right there and then. So very strange that the judge would just say, I'll take that under advisement and then end the case. He didn't say anything about what the verdict was. So what's going to happen? Well, we don't know. Time will tell. Will they send something to Nick? I don't know. Let's look back to the past for another example of what might occur here. 
About a year and a half ago, there was another activist here, Dave Manning, in the Keene area, that had made a U-turn at a illegal location <laughs> at two in the morning. Yeah, when no one was around. I hate that crap. Cop put on his uh, you know lights, pulled him over, gave him a ticket for illegal U-turn. Dave went into court. We had about I think only about six activists at that time showed up for that. It was less people here then, and at that time, David was told by the judge at the end after David said, "Look, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> not going to pay it." Uh, I don't I don't I don't think you sh- I don't believe in extortion and I'm not going to pay this. The judge told him at that time he used a different phrase but I think it's kind of similar. He told him that we'll handle this in the usual fashion. Thank you. You may go. What happened with Dave Manning? It's been a year and a half. Well, I talked to Dave Manning recently. Not a damn thing. They never sent him anything. It just whoosh, disappeared. Handle this in the usual fashion. We'll handle this in the usual fashion. Hmm. Thank you. You can go. Ominous. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was not ominous. I mean, it's just, it's obscuring is what it is. The judge doesn't actually say he's guilty. They just wipe the cle- the slate clean. They make the case go away. They drop the issue and nobody ever he- heard about it again. David Manning himself had not has not heard anything. He's never been pulled over. He's been driving since then. Nobody's pulled him over since then and said there's a warrant out for your arrest or you didn't pay your fine or you were found guilty or, you know, because, I mean, it was possible they could have sent him something and he'd moved and like he didn't get the, uh, the notice or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're driving around and they've got a warrant out for you, They'll probably get you eventually within a year and a half or so. It could be. So nothing has happened to him. We'll see what will happen to Nick. But as far as I'm concerned, that's a victory. If that, go- if that judge did not pronounce him guilty right there and then, that's a victory. And we'll see what happens next uh, with this case, and we'll let you know. Third and finally, I guess fourth and finally, Russell Canning, the uh, publisher of the New Hampshire Free Press, he was also in the court today. And he had gone up in front of the judge to update him on their demand that he perform 30 hours of community service because Russell was arrested several months ago for driving uh, driving without his regist- without the government's registration. And so he was arrested, released. They took him to court. They tried to fine him $300. Russell told them, I'm not paying. The judge said, how about 30 hours of community service? Russell said, what was the phrase he used? It was... Uh, that might work. Yeah, that might work. <laughs> so he didn't say, yes, I'll do 30 hours of community service. It was, that might work. And so the judge at the time gave Russell 30 days to do the 30 hours of community service. Well, today was the day he was supposed to check in on that, right? So he comes up, goes up to the judge, and they're talking. And the judge ends up giving him another 60 days. So nothing happened. Russell had done zero hours of community service, and the judge blinked and backed down. The judge blinked and blinked and blinked again. He blinked on uh, and backed down on the pan ban. He blinked and backed down on allowing only one camera in the courtroom. Now everybody can have recording devices. This is fantastic news. He blinked on Nick Ryder. He didn't convict him in court today, and he blinked on Russell Canning and gave him a double the amount of time he'd originally given him in addition to the original amount of time. So 60 more days for Russell to get the community service done. All in all, a tremendous day in court with only 12 activists turning out for it. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. 
What do we do with the money? Well, we take it in, reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations across the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board to expose new people to the message of freedom and liberty because, well can't be done soon enough. Really. And by reinvesting in the program, we don't mean give it to us. It only goes for advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live, whether it's true. in uh, Talkers Magazine or uh, Google AdWords or whatever. Or buying uh, global satellite channels, which is one of our newest milestones and our goals that we've recently announced with the AMP program. So go and get all those details and learn about the perks that you'll get access to, like the AMP only call in lines, chat room forum, and more. Get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. All right, we go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Jack in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Jack. Hey, guys. Hey, Jack. What's on your mind tonight? A uh, lot. Uh, as I waited and listened to your uh, experience there in the court of just us. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you all know that there's a doctrine known as separation of powers? Mm-hmm. And separation of powers, as we're now witnessing with this Wall Street criminal banking family uh, bailout proposal, uh, is, is in essence a monetary coup d'etat. Uh, if you study or just do a cursory review of the federal charter known as the U.S. Constitution, and I have a little handheld version of it, which is very very uh, convenient. Yes, indeed. Uh, it'll tell you much right there. And in Article 1, Section 8, it describes uh, Congress has the exclusive authority to coin money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say delegate your authority to a foreign private de facto corporation. It's true, but they did it 100 years ago. Well, in fact, the legal quorum that's necessary for any legislative act in, in the 1913 December 22nd Federal Reserve Act did not meet the legal quorum. Twelve senators does not meet the legal quorum. Hmm. There's okay. some interesting stuff when you look back in history. You look at you know but certain things it. that you know that happened that shouldn't have legally happened. Uh, you know the Thirteenth Amendment was originally supposed to be put in. They pulled that out, replaced it with a different Thirteenth Amendment, and there's other things like that that are just sort of hidden uh, within the crusty old walls of history that most people don't really realize is the case. There's a persuasive case to be made that the income tax was never properly ratified, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But as Mark pointed out, they did it and it's done. And the Federal Reserve exists and they own. Uh, the government lock, stock, and yeah. barrel. Not at this much point. we can do about it, unfortunately. Uh, there, well, there is something we can do, and that is we can come to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project, get active here, create alternative currencies, and shift over towards them. So it is something something that can be done. But as far as changing the situation in D.C., that's next to an impossibility. But what are your thoughts? Go ahead. Okay, uh, June of '63, JFK began uh, reconstituting the silver dollar, silver certificate, uh, constitutional monetary system. And all that's necessary, in fact, of law with the corporation is to repay the original investors their $650 million. That would be the private stockholders of the Federal Reserve Corporation. Mm-hmm. There's a really great fellow that I wish you would interview sometime, Andrew Gauss, G-A-U-S-E. He's a nationally renowned uh, economist and advisor, and uh, of all places I heard him on uh, George Norrie Coast to Coast a couple nights ago. And he, in fact, brought up 
JFK's initiative relative to silver dollars and certificates. He also brought up the $650 million payback to the Federal Reserve corporate stockholders. That eliminates them. Uh, and then uh, we take possession of all. They have 47 Learjets. They have a billion-dollar art treasure, etc. cetera. Uh, but to be honest, in addition, he said to call Barney Frank and, and Nancy Pelosi and your own state U.S. senators and reps and tell them this is what you're, you, you demand to have done, and we're organizing uh, grassroots think tanks in our locales. We're going to hold you all accountable, even if we have to convene our own private grand juries. Okay? Hmm. All right. So, but in addition, fellas, here's where the rubber meets the road. Okay. Uh, when anyone... Uh, purportedly contracts for a loan from a bank or whatever Mm -hmm. institution, and they sign on the dotted line the promissory note, uh, according to provisions of the Uniform Commercial Code, your autograph becomes an authorized signature. You're authorizing the creation of a negotiable instrument of the value that you want from the bank. Totally cre- uh, totally correct. So the bank essentially creates that money from thin air and then loans it to you. No, no, the bank didn't create it. The contracting borrowing party creates it on that promissory note with their signature. Right, the so bank, they're loaning you the money that you created with your signature. They, they open an account, deposit that negotiable instrument that you created or whichever, you know, borrowing party mm-hmm. created it. Then the bank issues a bank draft in that amount. So and then they what do they do? They extract principal and interest. That's extortion. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. So you created the money with your signature, and then they get interest payments on the money that you created, right? That's it. Yep. That's it. That's and the all system. All you got to do is go in there and demand to see their bookkeeping records, their bookkeeping entries. I want to see the evidence. Where's the beef? Show me the evidence. The beef that you loaned me money. It's not even money. That the only valid. Legal tender currency would be gold and silver coin, right, or gold and silver certificate. Well, now the legal tender, as I understand it, has legal tender is by definition, from what I understand, the money that the government forces its uh, corporate entities to utilize in in payment of debts, and they have defined the Federal Reserve note as legal tender. I mean, ideally, it would be gold and silver, but it's not, unfortunately. I think you make some good points tonight, and I thank you for the call at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. People don't know that about the loan process, and I didn't know it really. I didn't really understand it until i watched that that video that we were talking about the other night i think it's called money is debt i watched uh, the first 25 30 minutes of it and really it'll it'll blow your mind talking about how the system works it's so simple it's confusing it, oh yeah it is and right. um the it's the, their the explanation is a little more simple than what the reality is you know mm-hmm. banks are required to keep a certain amount of uh reserves on the money that they bring in so that you know it Effectively, money is created, but it, it's uh, and it is created by the you know the the borrower's uh, signature, but it's a little more complicated than that. But still, all right, we continue here. The Muslim anarchist is on the line in California. You're on free talk. Non-archist is on the line. You're on free talk live. Thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah, just to bring the listeners up to date, I got a speeding ticket two hours away from my house, and I wasn't willing to show up for the court date because it was on a religious holiday. 
And I had a nice talk with the bureaucrat today, and I wanted to tell you guys uh, what the uh, Napa Superior Court told me about my citation. Okay. So um, I'm not in their records either. She did my name check, driver's license check, went through her system, and there's no record of me. And she says that that's because the police officer has up to a year to file his citations into the system. So I'm expected to resolve this in a month, but he doesn't actually have to enter it into the system for a year. How did it get to the point where they have the court trial scheduled if he's never entered it into, this, into the system? You know, I asked that, and she told me there is no traffic court in Napa. So even if I showed up, there would be nobody there to see me. Very strange. I, I have to say, I don't really understand that. I don't... Did you ask her what the hell you're supposed to do? <laughs> she told me to sit tight, call back in two weeks, and hopefully he'll have filed my citation by then. And when's your court date? And hopefully you won't have a warrant out immediately. Yeah. Well, she assured me that that would not be the case. However, she was not able to give me any documented proof. That right, and you can't hold her did to her get, word. Did you get any signed piece of paper out of her? Right. Do you have that recorded? No, she told me that uh, all that she could do in that case was if I were to drive into the, I would drive up to Napa, she could sign my ticket to say that she had talked to me. But she recommended that I take down wow. her name and time and signature because they record the phone call. So I did that. Oh, they record the phone call. That's interesting. You well, know what? I, I recommend that, and keep us informed on your case, uh, Mr. Nonarchist. I recommend that as many people as possible get some sort of recording ability for phone calls. Uh, Google's Grand Central, which is still in beta, does have the ability to record incoming calls. And there are some you know, gadgets and things like that that you can get that, that will allow you to record calls. But the more we can record our interactions with these bureaucrats, the better off and safer that we will be. I thank you for the call and the update tonight. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, there's a story about, oh boy, what was that cop story? You had a cop story, Mark, and it was pretty outrageous. We'll get to it Police here. shirts uh, about the DMC. Oh, their shirts, their T-shirts. Oh my gosh, we'll tell you about it in moments. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So, Mark, you've got a story about the police, the Denver... Uh, the, not de- yeah, it was Denver. The Democratic National Convention was happening in Denver uh, a couple months ago or a month and a half ago, and we told you about a lot of the police abuse that was going on, not only there, but also the Republican National Convention. It was just, I mean, if you wanted to see the American police state at its fullest strength, all you had to do was look around the outside area of the uh, Democratic and Republican National Conventions and look at, at the police and what kind of behavior they were exhibiting and the things that they were doing were just awful. You've got a story about the cops who were on duty down there in Denver at that time, and how they're commemorating their attendance and the things that they were doing. Yeah, you know, I what what 
I guess it disturbs me. And it's 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 understandable, but it disturbs me how um, you know some some in the police department, and they seem to they seem to be the the the, the most boisterous ones, will uh, you know crow about their accomplishments of hurting people and mm. quelling the public and things like that. And it you know I, I think that if they have to use violence against someone, and I'm not talking about some uh, you know drunk guy that's trying to bash them in the nose, right. I'm talking about the public at large, especially. You know, protest things like that. They should, they, they should uh, sort of be sorry that they had. Oh, it's, it's an unfortunate set of circumstances. The police had to it's be a involved. Mistake, blah blah blah. Well, not mistake necessarily, but you know, it's an it's an unfortunate set of circumstances that the crowd had to be pepper gassed, and uh, you know, several young uh, men were had their heads beaten in on the sidewalk, and uh, you know, some young ladies were trampled, and you know, things like that. We're prosecuting the officers who were doing the violence, but that never happens. They at, never at the do very least, things. we're sorry. You know, uh, never it's, it's an that. unfortunate set of circumstances would be something. Before you get to the story, can I recap a couple of the other stories that were very, very similar in nature? Yeah. One of them was Miami. There were protests going on down there. A lawyer who happened to be downtown to do a, uh, some work that day was unable to, to accomplish her work because... If you call what lawyers do work. Right. Was unable to accomplish her original task, and so she decided to join in the protest. She picked up a sign and happened to uh, be in an area where the police began firing rubber bullets. Again, people were just protesting. There was no violence going on. The police just liked to shoot at protesters and hurt these people. So they started shooting at this woman. She uh, gets down on her knees and holds the sign up to try to protect her. Uh, One of the cops managed to get a shot in that actually hits her square in the forehead. Now, if that weren't bad enough, later on, there's video footage that was released from the the police, their little powwow that they had afterwards, uh, where they were re- reviewing what had happened. Post-game wrap-up or yeah. whatever. And one of the cops brings up the lady in red, the woman that we saw the video footage of, of her being shot with these rubber bullets. She never harmed another person. They brought her up, and they all laughed about it. They all laughed about how this woman was shot in the face, basically, with their rubber bullets. It was just the the most funny thing to these cops, these sickos. There's that story. And then there's the story about the graduating class of uh, police officers, the police recruits. They were graduating, becoming real police officers. And their class slogan, because all the, uh, the officers had to agree on what their slogan for the class would be. Their slogan was, go out there and cause PTSD. I mean, that's a paraphrase of, of what the slogan was. Cause PTSD. Yeah. That just gives you some idea into the mindset of these people. They are being trained to harass. If they're gung-ho warriors, who are they at war against? You and I. I mean, those are the questions you have to ask yourself. Now, I understand what it's, uh, you know, what what it must be like. But the thing is, is that the 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 police here have turned into an occupying army in some cases. And uh, if it looks like a, a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. What happened in this case? Denver Police Union is selling. This is the union. Uh, this is not the police department. Uh, the department, but members of the police department. Uh, and, most and, of them, probably. Yeah, but well, you know, they probably have to <laughs> be Apparently, in the union. they didn't get voted down on this, right? <laughs> Can you the, be a the cop? majority of the police officers didn't say right. this is disgusting? <laughs> there might have been some, but you you have to probably be in the union, right? Like, you can't be a cop without being a police imagine, union. I would okay. imagine. I mean, I don't know that that to be true, but I would imagine that seems so. to be the way it is with most governmental bureaucracy. Denver Police Union is selling T-shirts that poke fun at protesters um, at last month's Democratic National Convention, but the Mm. main target isn't laughing. It's not really poking fun at protesters. You know, that would be sort of protesters are dumb and ugly. The back of the T-shirt reads, we get up early to beat the crowds. 2008 DNC and has a caricature of a police officer holding a baton. 
We get as up, though he's going to swing it. Well, we, oh, he's holding it in his hand in a sort of uh-huh. a menacing, yeah. slapping um, yeah. look. We get up early to beat the crowds. To beat the crowds. It's a pun, you know? Yeah, they're going to beat them to the uh, the event. They're going to beat them there. They're well, going to get know, up before it, the crowds. Right. right. You want to get to the event before the crowd does. Right. No, no. They want to beat the crowd. Like whip, punch. Well, they have a stick hurt. in their hand, right? Yeah. The front, uh, the front has the number 68 with a slash through it, a reference oh, to the uh, Recreate 68 Coalition, which organized several demonstrations during the convention. Yes. Recreate 68 organizer... Glenn Spagnuolo called uh, the t- the the shirt appalling and tasteless. It's sick. It's Spagnuolo twisted. released a uh, written statement Thursday saying members of the police union clearly have no respect for the rights guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. Seems crystal clear. And apparently, like the idea of hurting people, <laughs> Detective Nick you Rogers... You better believe they do. That's why a lot of them join the, the force, so they can hurt people and get away with it. It's a lot of reason why a lot of people join the military, so they can kill people and get away with it. Heard people say it. I mean, they know it. They know it. I mean, yes, there are police that join because they want to help and they want to catch the bad guys. But when you have positions of power, it they are going to attract the sadists and they're going to attract the sickos. And it sounds to me like the sickos are running the police union. Detective Nick Rogers, a member of the Police Protective Association board, said police often issue T-shirts to commemorate big events. What's the big deal? <laughs> Rogers said that uh, Denver officer uh, that each what Denver officer was given one of the T-shirts for free, and others and um, were offered for sale at ten dollars each um, to police union officers. He said the union expects to sell about two thousand of them. Rogers said he hadn't received any previous complaints about the shirts. What's the problem? Police arrested 154 people before and during. How would he the receive complaints? They'd be from the police union members. Yeah. Um, in one uh, in um, one such incident, an officer was videotaped pushing a protester to the ground with his baton and telling her, "Back up, B I T C whatever." Th- th- that's after he cracked her in the face or in the the head area with yeah. his baton. It was uh, a stunning, stunning. And then they video. disappeared her after she'd gotten up and was being interviewed by media. The cop just comes in from the background, snatches her away, takes her away. Never found out what happened to her. Yeah. The district attorney declined to prosecute the um, officer, saying the woman had disobeyed warnings to uh, back away and had grabbed the officer's baton. I didn't see. I didn't see her grab the officer's baton. I was looking at the video. I didn't see that. You know what? Uh, Since we're on the topic of the Democratic National Convention, I've actually been holding on to this story from the Republican National Convention, again, talking about the police state. Uh, This from Alternet.org. Turns out there's some video footage that has surfaced, and I watched the footage, and it's pretty disturbing. Uh, what was going on? Well, it was a peaceful concert. Uh, the SEIU Labor Day concert was going on at the same time as the uh, Republican National Convention. And apparently during this concert, there were some people sitting in an area that was actually across from the official concert area. They were in a park. Okay, and so there was a fairly large amount of peace, peaceful people that were mostly sitting down concert. in the grass, think concert, listening to the concert from across the waterway. And there's footage, plenty of footage of these peaceful people just sitting, enjoying their day in the sun and on the grass and enjoying the concert. And then all of a sudden, they uh, the cops decide to come over, just scores and scores of police outfitted in their black clad uniforms and the you know the their helmets and the batons and the whole deal that you saw from all the the photos they begin to close ranks they begin to close in nothing had happened to incite this. this nothing yeah. nothing happened and they started closing in on this group of people there were over 200 people arrested for rioting they were arrested and charged with rioting. 
for sitting in the grass listening to a concert. This was 25% of the arrests. They had more than 800 arrests at the Republican National Convention. More than 25% of their arrests, over 200 people. Do they need arrests for some reason? They, I don't understand. I don't know. They, well, you, you know what happens when they arrest people, Mark? People plead guilty, and then they get court costs, and then they pay fines. So how many of the 200 people, these good law-abiding little citizens, how many of them paid up? 200 rings of the cash register, I bet you. So they went right in there, rounded these people up, and arrested over 200 people in one fell swoop. Nobody did anything to deserve it. And there's video footage of it over at Alternet.org. This is the country we live in now. 800-259-9231. What are your thoughts? It's Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, they include the updates. You get signed up and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. So head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service at wholesale prices for knobs and poles at internobs.com. All right. Uh, I've got corrupt cop stories out the wazoo. If we've got time, we'll fill some in a little bit later, but we're going to go to your calls here. Paula is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Paula, Florida, going once. Yeah. Hey, hi. Paula, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, Dr. Martini wanted me to get on the air and get this oh, information out Dr. to everybody. Oh, Dr. Martini again. Yeah, uh, she said she wants everybody to fax the state capital of California, and they can fax or they can write. It's got to be there by the 3rd of October. And it's about the aspartame poisoning, and that everybody's tired of everybody being poisoned by this stuff, and that Donald Rumsfeld was behind this. And uh, What is this? Said, I'm confused. What now? Okay, Donald Rumsfeld is behind this aspartame poisoning. Who is okay. now? Wait, who's being poisoned with aspartame? The whole, the whole world. How? Because they're putting it in everything we're eating. In everything. Well, just about. I thought it was it's only in diet food. How come we don't hear about this very artificial much? Artificial flavoring is aspartame poisoning. So, okay. what, uh, what, what, um, you know, what's when when I hear it about diseases reported and and deaths, which ones are the aspartame deaths? All of them, uh, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. The families can can find out. All they got to do is just take a, have a blood taken. Now, do you, the is there is there any actual evidence that shows that the people that drink oh, yeah. diet? Oh, so yeah. hold on, let me finish the question. That that people that drink diet sodas, which are definitely products that have many of them have aspartame in yeah. them, uh, do they do they show like a higher uh, incidence of any sort of disease? Any oh yeah, sort of problems? I've got all the information on it. You do. But any, yeah, anyway, Mark, have you heard any of this? You drink diet into, soda. It turns into formaldehyde oh, in your body. And it caused a lot of a lot of different diseases, and, and I mean, hmm. my brother-in-law just died from it. I, he had brain tumor on top of brain tumor. I, 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 I don't I, mean to laugh at that. I'm I have sorry. heard that uh, the that the NutraSweet basically got shoved through the whole um, mm-hmm. FDA process or whatever, and it well, bothered let me, tell you what it bothered happened, me okay? so I stopped drinking diet soda. Warren oh, Hatch is is behind this too. Uh, we tried to get it, you know, stopped, and he stopped it from getting done, and he took money from Monsanto. And see, um, um, Donald Rumsfeld was supposed to be Reagan's presidential. Uh, Vice President. Anyway, all of a sudden they said, no, you can't have him. We want you to have Bush in there. So anyway, uh, he told Reagan, he said, well, you owe me a favor. So Reagan paid him $12 million. And so anyway, he got his buddy, 
to be in charge of FDA to get it through because the guy that was in there wouldn't mm-hmm. do it because he knew it was poison. And so anyway, um, uh, he's behind this. And uh, but You know, anyway, that wouldn't surprise me. I've heard uh, similar allegations in the past about aspartame. I've never really dug, in, uh, dug into it myself just because I don't eat diet foods. You're well, claiting you her website, that it's not just diet foods. Dr. Martini, right? Uh, thank you yeah, for the call, yeah, Paula, tonight. Good hearing from you, as always. Now, remember, whenever Paula calls, a lot of times there's a kernel of truth somewhere in her misinformation that she's uh, that she's spewing. And I don't believe she's uh, you know, purposefully spewing misinformation. I think she's just hearing things, uh, misinterpreting them, or hearing misinformation and just passing it on. Uh, is there something to the claim that aspartame was pushed through? Perhaps. Uh, is it possible that politicians were behind it and that they stood to benefit financially from having these things pushed through? Absolutely that's possible. Totally politics as usual. Uh, completely something that could be done. And some of the claims I've, I've heard sound like they could be legit. But to get on the air and claim that every food product known to man has aspartame in it is pretty outrageous and ludicrous on its face. I mean, what, are they growing pears with aspartame in them now? (laughs) Come on. Okay, maybe manufactured food products have aspartame? Well, uh, she's claiming that artificial flavoring is aspartame, which maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what all the rules are as far as what customers, or not customers, rather, but what companies have to list as what on the ingredients list. I'm sure there are some very, very vague and general rules that can you can hide things in. I imagine that that to be the case. Uh, but is aspartame in every single product that you eat? Probably not. And are people actually dying because of aspartame? I bet you the evidence doesn't really show that conclusively. Because if it did show it conclusively... Inevitably, people like John Stossel and other uh, mainstream uh, news reporting agencies would would be all over something like that. I mean, that would be an incredible story that you could uncover and overturn. And I I doubt the bankers are really out there protecting aspartame, you know. I just – maybe call me a skeptic on that Big Pharma? I don't know. It seems like sugar is better for you than aspartame is the way I kind of look at it. Oh, yeah, and that's another point on this. And if you don't need sugar in your diet, if you don't need uh, to be drinking the uh, liquid candy called soda, Mm -hmm. um, drink water then, I suppose, is better advice. Yeah, well, uh, that is is definitely good advice. But But I've drank drank Diet Coke, and I'm not dead. My mother's drank diet soda since I was a child. Does she have brain tumors? Um, Well, not that I know of. Okay. Uh, So she's been drinking it for, and a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, she like must six drink pack a, a day. Yeah, she's probably wow. a six pack a day kind of gal. And there are a lot of Americans that are that way. So if there she's was been drinking problem, it for thirty years. Right. If there was a problem, there are Americans that they drink soda all day long, and it's what they do. So if there was a problem, it's just like with the cell phone thing. I mean, people claim, "Oh my God, cell phones are going to ra- irradiate your brain and cause cancer." Look. There are so many millions, hundreds of, you know, millions of people that use cell phones around the world that if there was really anything to this, they'd have some evidence by now. Cell phones have been used for for a couple of decades at this point. I understand you could say, well, it's still too early. We really don't know. But then again, there's the whole fact that your body at every moment is being penetrated by various different bandwidths or frequencies on the electromagnetic spectrum at all times. So the idea that this little micro-watt transmitter, one-watt transmitter that you're holding somewhat close to your head is going to cause cancer, there's just nothing to back it up. And, and I, from what I've seen, there's really nothing to back up the aspartame claims. But that all said, it does make sense to eat healthier foods. It does make sense to eat things that are more natural. And it does make sense to stay away from the artificial weird stuff. I mean, it all makes sense. 
But is there anything to her, her claims, her outrageous claims? Call me a skeptic on that. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, since we're talking about health, here's an email from somebody that actually knows a thing or two about it. Uh, Michelle emails in here, and she is uh, she will describe here a registered nurse, so she probably knows a whole lot more about health than we do, Mark. Here's what she says, and it's about hypoglycemia, which is something we talked about, as she points out, on the 923 podcast. She was listening and was just disgusted over the police's treatment with a diabetic man in Detroit. As we talked about, uh, and has happened so many times, uh, the police were unable to, possibly, you know, unable to correctly identify a man that was having a tough time as diabetic, and he was in a hypoglycemic sort of shock situation, insulin shock, basically, is what he was in. And they beat the hell out of him. They they beat you know they they threw him to the ground. He smashed his head to the point where he had to have uh, surgery basically to keep his brain inside his head, as, as I recall the story. And part of his brain was lost. So uh, so she says she was just disgusted hearing that story. She says I think some education on the part of those that serve actually those that enforce the law and collect tax revenue she says would provide insight. Being that diabetes is on the rise in the U.S. and the world related to the obesity epidemic. I'm not an expert, as in I'm not a diabetes educator, but I am a registered nurse who has cared for hundreds of individuals with this horrible and sometimes preventable disease. I also have personal experience with it in that my mother, her sister, and her brother, or and brother, as well as my sister and grandparents, all have diabetes. We'll give her thoughts here in a moment on what to do about this. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free. The 1-800 number is 800-259-9231, brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where we've got a lot of features. We give them away. Live streams are included. Uh, we get a broadband version, dial-up, and webcam versions of the show. You'll find them all at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, wrapping up this email here and then back to your calls, this one from uh, Michelle, who is a registered nurse. And she's talking about the situation we discussed earlier this week with a diabetic man being beaten by the police because they thought he was drunk. In point of fact, he was having a insulin shock situation. And it wasn't the first time we've heard stories like that. She says she was outraged, uh, disgusted by hearing that story, and she says that though she's not a diabetes educator, she's got a lot of experience. She's uh, cared for hundreds of individuals, including family members that have had that disease. She says, I myself had to treat for diabetes when I was pregnant in my third trimester, so I know firsthand what it's like to to give yourself insulin and actually have to eat to be able to function. The best way to describe a hypoglycemic reaction is simple. Have you ever been hungry? I mean, really really hungry like you only had a cup of coffee or a glass of water for breakfast and had been active all day forgot to eat and now it's 6 p.m kind of hungry yeah you know, your mind doesn't work quite as well yeah you notice that you might be a little irritable and cranky perhaps shaky sweaty might feel a little disorganized in your thinking well that's the effect of low blood sugar in a healthy non-diabetic person and it's not life-threatening just damn inconvenient Now imagine someone who needs medication and food to control these symptoms, and the presentation is magnified exponentially. She says, I believe in Dan Carlin's approach. You can't just complain, you have to offer a solution. And I don't know if this would have changed the behavior of the cop, 
But the market has provided a means of private identification of people with medical conditions. It's called a Medic Alert bracelet or necklace, and you can buy one for a few bucks in pretty much any store or pharmacy. It doesn't have your name or any personal information, although you can have one uh, custom made. It just says diabetic, and that should be the first thing a cop looks for or asks an intoxicated appearing person. Unless you're in a coma, you should be able to answer a simple yes or no question without having to sustain a brain injury. Or they could check your wrist or something like that. For the, uh, for the record, if that man has been in a coma since June, his chances are really not too good, and $20 million will only scratch the surface of his ongoing medical care for the next 20 or 10 to 20 years of his life. Tragic. From Michelle. So she knows a thing or two about uh, diabetes, and I appreciate the expertise. Always good to hear from somebody that knows something, as opposed to us two jackballs sitting here talking into microphones. Thank yeah, you, that Michelle, a lot. for the email. 800-259-9231. We go to Tom, waiting patiently in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Tom. Tom, hey, you're guys. on the air. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, I actually wasn't quite listening to what's been discussed here. Uh, what I was calling in about is I've been hearing a lot about the situation with AIG I haven't been keeping up with current events as well as I should have been, so I was wondering if you guys could kind of explain to me what's going on and maybe explain to the other listeners out there who don't know exactly what's going on well, with I that. Well, think, I think AIG's old news at this point, isn't it? Washington Mutual that's uh, failing now? I mean, they've already, yeah. it's already been overshadowed. Sure. Well, we could totally discuss whatever's going on most currently. I mean, I've been without news access for a little while, so I might be behind well, on the times here. Yeah, we've been talking about it over the last week, basically. Banks are going out of business, and yeah. the government's stepping in and uh, either handing out goodies to their friends or uh, they're they're trying to take over entirely. Uh, you know, by letting the central banks uh, the central right. banks uh, take over the member banks. Yeah, yeah. They, they make it seem like the government's taking over. They might the government might uh, you know give a, give a great deal of money in the form mm-hmm. of loans or grants, but in fact, point of fact, they're getting turned over to member banks, and so therefore, you know, all the uh, guys who are in and control the Federal Reserve are taking our homes. Right, and right now they're bickering over, the Republicans and Democrats are bickering over what should be in this new bailout package that they're preparing, uh, what, $700 billion, I think, is on the table, and it's increased in size from three pages to 100 pages in less than a week's time, so there's going to be all kinds of stuff going in there that probably won't have anything to do with the bailout, so it's a, it's a dire situation, and there's your update. Anything else on your mind? Interesting. Well, I was just wondering, you know, uh, like, is there any way that we could look at this from the government's point of view? Maybe they really are doing what they think is in our best interest in this situation. I think that's, uh, you know, that may be in the case of some of the less informed members of Congress, because certainly they all aren't economists. I'm sure very few of them actually understand the economy. But I think they understand more that they're doing what's right for their career and they're doing what's right for uh, their buddies in industry, the people in the banking industry particularly. They're doing what's right for them, not what's right for the people. And I think most of them know that much. They know that they need to grease the palms and help out their friends in order to continue getting reelected because, I mean, the fact is, while certainly people can vote them out, if they've got a bunch of money at their disposal, which they get from these their buddies in industry – they can advertise, and of course they get free advertising from the Postal Service. You can send out as much direct mail as you want if you're an incumbent. I mean, incumbents have tremendous advantages. And even in election situations where incumbents have done just awful, awful things, many times they get reelected anyway. So people can sit, sit out there and shout out, shout out from the, uh, the peanut gallery that, Damn you politicians, we'll show you! If you vote for this, we're going to take you out of office. And then election day comes around and they still get 90% re-election rates. Thanks for the call, okay, Tom. Well, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, if you're still there. In the politician's defense there, 
your mother really does have a sweet Thanks, bone. I knew that was coming. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. We talked to Frank in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hello, Frank. Hey, uh, yeah, um, first of all, you know, I like the show and I like what y'all are trying to do, but, uh, you know, that last little spiel that you went off on when, after that woman called? Paula, Florida, yes. I mean, you are, you were kind of speaking with authority and, uh, really, uh, I think you, uh, really don't have your facts straight. Okay, what are the facts? Go ahead. Well, first of all, aspartame is bad for you, and there are plenty of medical reports. I never said it was good for you. I just said I don't think that there's anything conclusive in regards to it causing brain tumors. Well, it's it's bad for your brain. I'm not a medical doctor. I just know that it is bad for your brain. I've heard a lot of reports on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're talking about, well, so-and-so's mother drank. Uh, so many six packs for twenty years. That's well, they didn't have aspartame in it back then. Yeah, well, I, hold on. Wait, before you go on, sir, actually, sir, 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 so and so is me, and I can tell you that I remember when they sent out the little NutraSweet balls when I was a child. Yeah, yeah, NutraSweet. That's not aspartame. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yes, sir. And the I remember when they did that, and she started drinking Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke. I think she switched. I know she drinks Diet Coke now. I think she switched from Diet Pepsi because my dad was a Pepsi guy. Uh-huh. And it was about that time. So certainly there was saccharin in this stuff at first and then switched over to NutraSweet. 1983 was when the FDA approved right, aspartame right. Well, for carbonated beer. I was 12. I was 12. You know, it switched around. It, it, it wasn't consistent, you know. Aspartame is like, you know, the standard, you know, for the last, I don't know how many years. But anyway, like I said, I'm not an expert on it. I just know it's bad for you. But now, you want to talk about cell phones? I'm an expert on on RF, okay? Okay, do tell. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Cell phones will give you brain tumors. Where are all the brain tumors, sir? They are especially bad for children whose brains are still developing. Okay, and where are all these people? Where are all these cases? Well, no, it's not like that. I mean, not with that kind of power, but it's the frequency that's bad for you. Well, no, cell phones are broadcast on the FM, you know, they're essentially FM broadcast. And, you know, I worked under an AM tower for three or four years. Yeah, right. And you know what the frequency is on that? That's like. uh, kilohertz geez, versus megahertz. Uh, I can't think right off the top of my well, head. Well, if you're uh, an expert, megahertz. Yeah, okay. No, not even that. No, uh, Fra- that's Frank. FM. Frank, if you're an expert, then can you explain to me why it is that the frequency ranges you're suggesting are dangerous? Cell phones are like in the thousand gigahertz range, as I understand it. They, they may be higher now. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, they, yeah, they keep going up. Uh, or not thousand yeah. gigahertz. I'm sorry, thousand megahertz, one gigahertz. Right. Anyway, uh, so explain to me why it is that a certain frequency range is more dangerous to the human brain than another frequency range. I'm not saying it's not. I want to uh, hear your explanation. Well, because you're approaching uh, uh, the frequencies of, like, x-rays and all. I mean, we all know x-rays will cause There's a difference between approaching and actually getting there. Thanks, Frank, for the call. 800-259-9231. Sounds like a bunch of scary stuff. I'm not saying aspartame's good. I never said that. And uh, as you pointed out, Mark, there are FM transmitters and AM transmitters. You know, FM transmitters operating at 100,000 watts, blasting it out 24 hours a day. Where are all the end radio engineers with brain tumors? This is 
Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Before we continue with the calls, just a few more thoughts on this whole idea that cell phones are going to cause cancer. Now, you can do studies that are scientific, that come up with interesting results, but they don't necessarily mean that the results are verifiable right out of the, uh, right out of the gate. In fact, a lot of studies that are done are usually reported right out of the gate by news media organizations. These people that are doing the studies, whether they're on cell phones or eating eggs or whatever it is. And, of course, just looking at food and the studies they've done on food, you know, one decade eggs are good for you, the next decade they're bad for you, et cetera, et cetera. They just keep, they just keep changing what's supposedly true about the things we put in, into our bodies. So I don't believe any of it personally. But with the cell phone issue... A real quick Google search reveals that the debate continues. Uh, You can find news stories about these allegations all over the place consistently throughout the year. In fact, again, a quick Google search revealed that there was a story published yesterday about the debate on cell phones causing cancer. So, of course, there are people, uh, scientists, that are uh, bringing health concerns to Congress because, boy politicians sure do understand how the body works and how science works so we should bring these ideas in front of them to have them make decisions about how our lives should be run well we shouldn't have a fda and we shouldn't have right. uh you know th- these organizations that uh, voice these things this upon, isn't upon even us. the fda it's the house subcommittee on domestic policy and these scientists have been presenting their uh results in fact a couple of scientists presented results from a study recently presented uh from the orboro university in sweden the results indicate that people who use cell phones have double the chance of developing malignant brain tumors and acoustic neuromas which are tumors on the hearing nerve the study also said people under age 20 were more than five times as likely to develop brain cancer and if that's where you stop reading then you might think to yourself oh my god i'm gonna get cancer but if you read the next paragraph dr robert hoover director of epidemiology uh, Yeah, Epidemiology and Biostatistics Program at the National Cancer Institute said the study has not yet appeared in a peer-reviewed journal. It hasn't yet appeared in a peer-reviewed journal, so therefore has not come under sufficient scrutiny. The evidence for the connection between cell phones and cancer is inconclusive, and more research is needed. Now, of course, the whole research factor, you really need to start tracing things down. You can't just take a couple scientists who tell you, well, look at our study here. See, we did this and this and this. Studies have to be duplicated. So in order for a study that comes out to even uh, before a study is given any attention by the media, it should have been duplicated at least once. Most studies aren't. Uh, They're just reported by the media, and the media, of course, is always very careful to say, may. Cell phone study shows that cell phone use may cause cancer, and then they talk about what the study found. Well, the studies are very rarely actually duplicated at that point. So study needs to be duplicated at least once to even be acceptable to look at, and not duplicated by the same people that did the study. A completely separate group needs to be duplicating it. Uh, and, you know, I'm just glossing over some basic scientific things. I'm not a scientist, but I do have a basic understanding of, uh, of how the process works. So uh, then you also have to ask, well, who is funding the study? 
Was it some organization that wants to find out that cell phones cause cancer? Like, do they have an interest in discovering that cell phones cause cancer? Whatever that interest might be. Maybe they who's, think that people that talk on cell phones are rude. Who's funding the studies? You know, what are they trying to get out of the studies? I'm not saying it can't work the other way. Certainly the cell phone industry funds their own studies, and the cell phone industry wants to find out that the cell phones don't cause cancer, right? So what's the most accurate study? Who's doing the right work? Who's doing the most scientific work? We don't really know right now, but uh, many scientists are saying it's inconclusive. They want to do more testing. And so that's where it lays right now. Okay? That's the situation. Well, um, you know... We've had AM uh, uh, towers all over the United States for since uh, what twenty nine is twenty uh, nine is when the FCC came into yeah. uh, in, into play. So there were radio towers prior to that, mm-hmm. and that's AM. And FM really started to kick it, kick butt in uh, the seventies. So there are engineers and uh, radio people that have been working under FM towers and and a uh, you know a headset uh, you know a handset a cell phone mm-hmm. is an FM uh, transmitter. They've, the people have been working under these things for 40 years now, and they don't have brain cancer. We, we're in the radio industry, and yeah. these are 50,000, 100,000 watt transmitters. Nothing compared to the little bitty thing that you've got in your uh, in your hand. So don't tell me that it, because it's closer to your head that it uh, d- does something, because when you're talking about something that uh, operates on that kind of scale, it, it doesn't need to be right next to your head. In most, in, in a lot of cases, uh, in in the radio business, people work right under the tower. The building's yeah. right there because it's on the same land because the owning the company owns the land, so they put the tower and the office right there. The engineering room is the tower, usually right under the tower. The doghouse is under the yeah. ca- tower. So, you know, that's what th- th- there that's are people that I- climb towers for a living. Goes, I guess they're not electrified at that point. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, there's a lot of radio signals flying around through the air at this moment, and they're all, you know, if you're outside, there's less of them penetrating you if you're indoors, but they still are. And if you're outdoors, then you're getting all kinds of uh, penetration. The, you know, the signal's running right into your body. You're absorbing them all from all across the electromagnetic spectrum, and you're okay. Let's move on with your calls. Oh, Mark. oh we got a call? Go ahead. Uh, let's talk to Nico, or Nico, rather, in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Um, well, I want to talk about the debate for a minute, but before that, um, I am a licensed technician for the amateur radio service, you know, mm-hmm. ham radio. Oh, wow. And, um, and I just looked through the, the question pool, um, and it talks a lot about the way radios work. It's basically the question pool for the test. Um, mm-hmm. and it talks about the, you know, it has questions about the fundamentals of radio. Um, it has some legal regulations and stuff that you have to follow, um, but I just did the search for the word cancer and uh, didn't find that word once in the document. Um, and basically the main concern with uh, RF exposure is getting too close and, and getting like uh, RF burn and stuff like that when you touch the antenna. Um, but really, cancer is not really that much of an issue. Good um, to know. Yeah. But what I wanted to say about the, the debate is I was just watching it and um, – I wouldn't vote for John McCain or Obama. Well, I'm not really old enough to vote anyways, but if I was, I couldn't vote for either of them. Just, I, I fully agree with you, Ian, about your fundamentals on the market and things like that, and I, that I couldn't vote for either of them. However, I can say that like, if John McCain came to office, I think we would be saying the same things as, as Bush would be doing right now. However, I think if Obama got into office, I don't know. Like, I would be scared if that guy got in the office. Just 
the, the socialist things that he is talking about um, putting into office, and I don't know if they'll actually get done. You know, people get in the office and they don't really do anything that they're going to say they're going to do. Mm, that's true. But if he passes some of that legislation in, when he's in office, I don't know. That's, that's really scary. Well, you know, that's what they want you to think. They want you to think that one candidate is appreciably different from the other, so you'll go and you'll vote for one of them, and you'll be part of the system, and you'll uh, you'll be endorsing uh, his opponent. And, I mean, facts are facts. Uh, the government's going to get bigger, whether it's Obama or it's McCain. Government's going to get more intrusive. Gonna, government's going to get more oppressive. The government, whether it's Obama or McCain, will take more control over the health care industry. It's just the way things are going. And to suggest there's any appreciable difference between the two, just because John McCain gets up on the stage and parrots out the usual Republican rhetoric about how he thinks the private sector is really important and how he thinks that, uh, you know, oh, we can't go uh, totally socialist in the health care system. We, uh, we need government. Uh, we need government, but well, we can't go 100%. You know, it's just talk, man. Just because John McCain gets up there and sounds like he might understand conservatism and, you know, smaller government is meaningless. George Bush ran on a campaign of smaller government. 2000, I specifically remember seeing campaign signs, a huge one at the corner of Main Street and uh, Fruitville, or not Main Street, but uh, Fruitville and... 301 301 in Sarasota, Florida, was a huge sign that said, George Bush, smaller government. And what did we get? With the Republicans in total control of all three House, you know, the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, they could have just passed through whatever the hell it was they wanted to pass through to slash the government down, cut the budget, drop, you know, cut the spending, cut the programs, uh, give money back to people, allow them to keep their money. They could have done all of those things that they'd promised to do in the mid-1990s. And they didn't. Government grew at a faster clip. Don't ever forget this, uh, Nico. The government grew at a faster clip in the Bush administration than it grew during Bill Clinton's eight years. So what do you have to say to that? I'm not saying vote for Obama. I'm saying they're both bad news. And I'm sorry, dude. We're out of time. Call us tomorrow. All right. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, the guy earlier claimed that uh, the... Radio frequencies from cell phones were getting close to x-rays? That's madness. I just checked the statistics. See you tomorrow night. Whoa, hey, we're still here. Yeah, well, let's do, do a little extra tonight. So here's what I was trying to say at the end of the show, Mark, with the uh, this, this paranoid crackpot. I mean, fringe conspiracy theorist. <laughs> That uh, had called in to say, oh, God, we're going to die from the, the radio waves. They're, yeah, the cell phones are uh, they're thousand, cancer. Thousand mega, a thousand uh, megahertz. They're getting up toward the X-ray range. You know, he made it sound like, oh, my God, if if they just make these cell phones any higher in the frequency bandwidth that that they'll be X-raying your head. Well, a quick Google search on the frequency range of X-rays reveals that X-rays are part of the electromagnetic spectrum in the frequency range of 3 times 10 to the 16th hertz and upward. That's really high. That's 3 times 10 to the 16th. That 16 means 16 decimal places. That's a lot more than a megahertz. That's a a lot more than than 1,000 megahertz. Yeah. A lot more. So... This guy, he claimed at the beginning of his call to be an expert RF on RF. Expert. Yeah. He has no clue what he's talking about. So no, anyway. he's mistaken. <laughs> right.
So I figured uh, I figured we'd share that with you. Actually, Mark, you suggested we uh, we come back on the air. You said you had an article you were really hot on that you wanted to get to. And by the way, we didn't get to the uh, the, the code enforcer, the couch enforcer. We can do that update. if you want. I don't want to do that tonight because uh, tomorrow Please we're on. Please don't in, do it on Saturday. Tomorrow we're on in Keen. Oh God, we man! Do don't talk on... about your stinking couch. Are you your kidding? Water sodden, moldy couch. I'm talking about on a couch. Saturday night. Please, please don't make us see that, that Bush League. Please That's don't not, do that. Wait, wait a minute. That's not Bush League. This is this is non-cooperation. This is oh, civil disobedience. God, man. This is big. We're bringing the argument to the uh, you know to the big government people on Saturday night, and then you're making us look like a bunch of crazies because I'm keeping because you're keeping a, a a disgusting moldy couch in your yard. Hey, no. I'm not keeping anything in my yard. It's my tenants. It's their couch. And I'm okay with it, and so are the neighbors. And I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Please don't it's talk good, about it on Saturday it's night. It's a good issue. No, and we're it's on in not. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to lead the show with the couch issue tomorrow night. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're so <laughs> God save. No, me. I'm not kidding you. I think it's a good issue. I can't. I this can't is, wait. This until is property rights, my when friend. When you go to prison, and Gardner and I have this show. Study they're, not, they're not going to put me in prison over this. Study reports nearly one in five young women have experienced forced intercourse. Are you hearing oh, me? Dear. That's terrible. One in five women, right? That's awful. Feminists have a bad that's habit. That's rape. Yeah. Forced intercourse. That that's, would be. That's holding someone what else down. Would it be? Right. That's holding someone against their will, forcing them to have sex with you. That is sick. Yep. Feminists. Although, Where's this coming from? This is uh, I've got it here from uh, bloggernews.net. Um, it's a story, uh, but uh, it's written by Glenn Sachs. Feminists have the uh, bad habit of conflating voluntary sexual relations with rape. And here we go again. The Family Violence Prevention Fund's new youth rape study claims that nearly one in five young women have experienced forced intercourse. Sounds terrible, right? Mm, yeah. Except that not much of what they call forced intercourse is rape. Or is forced, excuse me. According to Child Trends, who conducted the study for FVPF, that's the uh, Family Violence Prevention Fund, the types of force used include, are you ready for the force? Yes, please. uh, Verbal pressure. So, like, come on, baby. Come on, I can do anything I want now, right? We're on, we're not FCC. Yeah, yeah okay, we are. Come on, baby. The, uh, Let me video. stick it in, or you know, put it in your mouth just for a minute. You know, what, whatever. Begging, basically. Begging. Well, well Begging. It, it worked. It's uh, worked. Julia told me it worked on her when she was a teenage girl. I mean, because you know, she just didn't have any self-esteem. You don't think that uh, a 15, 14, 13 year old guy has that much game, do you? That he can really just talk her <laughs> into it? He's, what, what else is he gonna do? Please, please, please. please. And and you know there's the there's the blue balls thing which which I, I, maybe it happens for some guys certainly never happened to me. What, what, the, describe what is well, blue balls is the idea that you get sexually excited and then and then, and then, and then you don't get a release and right. so therefore it's painful. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never had I've yeah. never had that. Yeah, that's, I think it's I think it to be a lie. Hmm. Yeah, you know, just to pressure. Uh, look, if you don't help me out here, it's going to be painful. It's really painful later. <laughs> okay. Number two. Help yourself. Here's the other types of uh, force. Being given out, given alcohol or drugs. Wow. Given. Right. Not forced. Given, not not uh, slipped. Not slipped. Not forced to uh, ingest. Yeah. But voluntarily taking. Wow, that's amazing. You know, there's. Um, I think that 
who is claiming this? A, a women's well, groups? This would be child trends and uh, the Family Violence Prevention, uh, Prevention Fund, but apparently, apparently these see. are fem- feminist uh, gotcha. front groups. But, you know, now I've seen a situation at a party where a guy was coming, coming on to a girl that was passed out in bed. Okay. If you can call that coming on to, right? Like he was basically, you know, positioning himself to have sex with a girl that was passed out. Gotcha. Um, if they don't give consent, it's rape. If she's passed out, I believe it to be rape. However, if she is drunk and gives consent, that's not rape. You know, it's not true. forced. It's true. It's not the best kind of consensual Wasn't he situation. Wasn't given alcohol too? Yeah, she <laughs> chose to drink. If you choose to drink, you know what the consequences are, right? You know that if you're drinking, then ugly people look a little prettier. And if you're drinking, you also know bad that ideas sound a little better. Sec, you know, you can get a little hornier uh, when you're when you're drunk. So you know these things going into it. I suppose you could say, well, it was her first time drinking, but still, you know, because of popular culture, wasn't. you know, beca- because of what has gone on around you in your life and what you've seen on television, that drinking changes one's abilities to make good decisions for oneself. Yep. And if you alcohol getting ugly yeah. guys laid since I don't know when. I think it works both ways. It does. Yeah. Being told the uh, number three. Uh, by the is, way, before you go on, I should mo- I should note the uh, the free talk live amp phone lines are available. We are doing a little uh, bonus segment here. I'm not sure how long we're going to do it for. Uh, yeah, but maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, a little amp bonus segment here. Uh, the amp phone lines are available. You know the numbers. We can't give them to you because then the non-amps would know them. So dial in if you want to participate. Okay, um, now this is a type of force number three. This one b- b- bothers the crap out of me. Being told the relationship would end as a means of forcing intercourse. So, you know, coercion of some sort uh, by saying, you know, you've got to have sex with me or, or we're going to break up. That's not coercion. It's, it's just it's wheeling not and dealing. It's, yeah, it's wheeling and dealing, right. right. I mean, it's... Coercing the deal, but I guess it's not physical coercion. You know, the problem with that kind of a situation is these girls that, that would respond to a, something like that, they don't have self-esteem. I mean, if they don't want to have uh, sex with the guy and he pulls out that one, well, I'll just leave you if you don't have sex with me. A girl that was uh, that understood the idea of self-esteem and uh, had that internalized would be able to say, well, fuck you then. Get lost. See you later. You ain't having sex with me right now at this point, so go find someone else. You know, if you've got that self-esteem, you can make a statement like that and feel good about yourself and move on. But if what you want is the attention of your boyfriend, then you're going to give it up. I had a friend who uh, had a situation with uh, his longtime girlfriend, you know, at the time that I, uh, you know, was living with him, where he had basically given her an ultimatum uh, to, you know, when they started dating. You know, he was telling me the story of him giving her an ultimatum. You know, they'd seen seen each other, gone out on a couple dates or something like that, and uh, they were a party or something, um, some, something to that effect. And he basically mm-hmm. said to her, look, I'm going to have sex with somebody tonight, and... I can tell you, this guy had sex with more than 300 women when I lived with him. I can't imagine what the number is now. Jeez. It's not about, and for him, it wasn't about, uh, it wasn't about quality. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It can't be at those numbers. No. So uh, he said, I'm going to have sex with somebody tonight. It could be you. And You, know, you she, meaning you? No, Wait. she was, oh, okay. he wasn't Sorry. talking to me, jackass. He was talking to his, girl, his you know, girlfriend. That's what I get for looking at the chat room. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, she, she she became his girlfriend at that point. You know what? Prior to that, I don't know. But basically, she gave it up. And you know, I think that's a little bit of coaxing. It's it's letting her know what the situation is. Yeah. Is it classy? Nah. Nah. Not. But at the same time, 
do you do you think that uh, guys have ever felt that way? You know, ever gone back out? You know, dropped her off at home, gone back out to get uh, you know to find some other girl that he can get laid. Call some up, call some ex up on the uh, mm-hmm. the telephone. Some some girl that he can always use as a standby. You right. don't think that's been done? You don't think laying it out on the line for her uh, was I don't know in some ways doing her a favor? Yeah. Look, I'm going to have sex with somebody tonight. Want it to be you? Toll free no- Oh wait, there is no toll free number. There is a number though, and maybe we'll give you the uh, the secret uh, extended edition call number. Let's try this one: six zero three four three five one one zero five six zero three four three five one one zero five. That's a number for anybody to dial: six zero three four three five one one zero five. Special extended edition of the show number that'll get you through. Oh, let me finish the uh, article up here. Yeah. I certainly don't believe that verbally presuming a woman um, – I don't believe believe that verbally pressuring a woman to have sex, giving her alcohol to loosen her up, or threatening to break up with her if she doesn't have sex with you are admirable behaviors. Right. But they're a long, long way from rape. It's an insult to women that have been raped. It really is. FVPF study um, also recorded genuine rape, and, um, rape violence, and I have no doubt that youth sexual violence is a legitimate problem. However, mm-hmm. feminists sure. exaggerate the problem and vilify and stigmatize young men. The full study, and, and they've been successful in this, and I'll tell you, think about it for a second. Think about 30 or 40 years ago, not that I was alive, but do you think it would have been a problem for a young guy to uh, do babysitting at that time? Now think about babysitting now. I just can't imagine a young man being allowed to babysit in today's culture. You know? I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens somewhere. Um, you know, friends of the family, that kind of thing. But we've turned men into these sex-crazed monsters in people's minds. Girls want to have sex, too. I guess people don't really realize that. I don't understand why that is. But, I mean, I guess if you've been a girl, you probably would understand that. So why is it that people don't... Why is it there's this sort of mystique, this idea that uh, women just aren't as interested in sex as men? Because I think it's pretty absurd. And we've talked about stories, you know, that actually show that many women are far, far more interested uh, in some cases than men. I mean, there's no real line that you can draw in the sand. There, people are all over the place, like the bell curve, like you're talking about. Right. Some people are somewhat interested, can, some people I less. think you can uh, probably make a general statement that men are more interested in sex than women. However... Can you? I don't know about that. I don't think It's you just can. a general statement, Ian. It's not a specific statement. Okay. You can certainly find some men that are less interested in sex than some women. I don't think you can make that general statement. I think if you took the bell curves and overlapped them, you would see that uh, the, the the interest level of men was higher than women. Otherwise, Possibly. the species wouldn't exist, man. Yeah, yeah okay, good point. Um, anyway, let me go on here. All right. Uh, the full study, which was conducted by the Emily Holcomb, um, Jennifer Mon- uh, Manlove, Bet she doesn't like that. (laughs) Uh, Can be found here. Even the VF is one of America's most prominent domestic violence organizations and was instrumental in creating Violence Against Women Act of 1994. So, anyway, it's that kind of news is coming out and it's kind of sick. And I just, you know, I I thought it was an interesting story. Well, since you had something, I'll uh, force. I'll pull something up here that I was going to get to tonight, didn't get a chance. Uh, This This special program brought to you by SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top banner. SACL, good folks, and support Free Talk Live. Maker fan is in the chat room tonight, Jason Osborne. We would not be here, or at least things would be a lot different if it wasn't for Jason. Manger fan, uh, Jason Osborne, the man behind SACL CAI, he is... He is the Liberty Media Movement. I mean, he is 
Free Talk Live is where we are today because of Jason Osborne, Sickle CAI, and the amplifiers. I mean, the amplifiers are, played a huge role. They came along before Jason, so they deserve, I think, primary credit for getting us to the point where Jason found us. And then Jason found us and really helped us out, really helped you out specifically, Mark, because you get a huge chunk of the check. Uh, but Which is good because you've got a baby in it helps life. You, it helps you out too because you have an actual qualified salesperson uh, yeah, you know yeah, selling yeah, the show yeah, that's true uh so jason big help to the program sickle cai great organization he's now helping out gardner goldsmith i understand that i don't know what all the numbers are and it's none of my business but i understand that jason is making it so basically gardner is getting paid uh you know pretty well for his new ventures that he, that he's doing of course we love gardner and good enough at least yeah yeah i mean well the radio station wasn't paying much, so it wasn't hard to match what the radio station yeah. was paying. So uh, Jason Osborne always out there supporting great Liberty Media and doing other things as well, like sponsoring the uh, the fun tent, the Sickle CII fun tent at the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival, which I should say that I, I guess I, sh- I shan't reveal too much because I don't know much, but I'll reveal a little bit. It's my understanding that uh, they're looking at new locations Where? for, for the Porcupine Pork Freedom Festival, Festival this year. Uh, away from Gunstock Campground, where we had problems last year, uh, people snitching out the fun tent, complaining about too much noise. We may uh, end up; they may end up having it at a campground. It hasn't been nailed down yet, so I'm not going to say which one it might be. But they may end up having it at a campground that you can rent the entire place out. Hmm. So knowing Jason, he'll want to do that, <laughs> and you rent the entire place out. The he doesn't tent, like people interfering with his partying. I can tell right. you that. Oh, and and he's uh, he's actually uh, committed to increasing the party at the fun tent at the upcoming pork fest. So it's going to get crazier. It's going to get more fun. It's going to get more extreme. And uh, Free Talk Live amplifiers and supporters of Gardner Goldsmith's show, uh, the conspirators, the co-conspirators over there, will be uh, will get exclusive access to at least a portion of the fun tent. The debate is going on, actually, as to whether or not it should be amp only, the fun tent should be amp only, or if there should just be a special VIP area for amplifiers. So, like... Like the the free beer would not be available to or the opportunity to amp to get in. I suppose that that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. So those are some of the ideas that are up uh, in the air at the moment. I'm sure Jason will. I don't know. Maybe he'll tell you more if you ask him. He's in the chat room now, right now. So if you're an amplifier, you can go and talk to the guy. If you're not an amplifier, well, you can't use the chat room. So. Well, you can if you go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. And I apologize. Normally, I do. Uh, I process my amplifiers on Fridays. But with the uh, the whole courtroom situation today that we talked about earlier in the show, I just I just didn't have time to get to it. So I'll hit the amps tomorrow. So if you've been waiting all week long and been wondering, where is my upgrade? Well, it's coming. Be, please be patient with me. I'm only one man. We're trying to automate the uh, the amp system. It's taken like a couple of years. Hopefully it'll be done at the end of the year. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, hey, here's an email real quick. Get Dan on the ball. Here's an email from Robert. He says, Ian, I've always been a liberty-minded person, but I'm new to the liberty movement. And I was wondering what you think of the Boston Tea Party and of Charles J. I've heard his name come up on your show, but don't remember what was said. Do you know what the Boston Tea Party Boston is? Boston Tea Party is uh, essentially the pe- some people that were Libertarian Party members that got disgusted with, you know, the sort of uh, b- neocon takeover of the Libertarian Party. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at least conservative, conservative, take, yeah. conservative takeover of the Libertarian Party, and they created their own sort of Libertarian Party, new Libertarian Party. Yeah, it was a break-off, and I think... 
I think that's a good thing. I think that if you are in an organization that is not achieving the goals you are hoping it's going to achieve, if if it's in if it's being controlled by people that you disagree with fundamentally, why sit there and bitch and moan? Why sit there and try to use the system to change the system when you can just go strike out on your own and start doing your own thing? Now, to be fair, I mean, the Libertarian Party's been around a lot longer. They've got a, a, a bigger starting base. Uh, I think there's some value to, uh, t- to you know, trying to, to fight off the uh, the evil hordes. However, you've got to know when the evil hordes have, have won. won. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, no, and thy enemy. That's why enemy. I've joined the Free State Project, because here in uh, America, with the, even with the founding uh, documents being pro-liberty, the, uh, the sort of uh, foundation of liberty that America's built on, mm-hmm. the many uh, pro-liberty statements of the founding fathers... The evil hordes have won, and I'm all I can see. The only thing that makes sense to me is moving someplace with a bunch of libertarians, and that way we can have some success and achieve, uh, you know, achieve success. And that's why I moved for the Free State Project. Well, to answer his question, uh, the platform of the Boston Tea Party from their website at bostontea.us is pretty simple. I mean, I like this. It says the Boston Tea Party re- supports reducing the size, scope, and power of government at all levels and on all issues, and opposes increasing the size, scope, and power of government at any level for any purpose. That's Yay. it. That's the platform. Great platform. I think it's fine. And if you want to continue on in the realm of national level politics, I don't know if they're doing any local stuff yet. But if you want to continue on in that realm, then maybe the Boston Tea Party is for you. I personally could give a flip. I don't care what's going on at the national level anymore. I think it's a lost cause. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of effort. I think it's a waste of money. And I will be focusing on all things local here in New Hampshire. And non-cooperation, of course, is, uh, I think, something that is really effective. And I didn't get a chance to make this point. Uh, By the way, uh, as you said, a lot of former Libertarian Party people are in the Boston Tea Party. Tom Knapp, I think, is one of the founders of it. And I know he's a Free Talk Live listener, and he helps promote the show. Todd so. Andrew Barrett is involved, is he not? Is he? I don't From, know. From uh, Liberty Cap Talk Live? I, maybe. I, I don't know who's involved. I really – I don't hear much about what the Boston Tea Party is doing. Nobody's – I haven't seen any news items of them doing anything significant. So until they're doing something worth talking about, they're not worth talking about. And it's national politics, so it's hard to get me excited about that, period. But uh, earlier, when we were talking about the uh, the courtroom situation today, the tremendous victories, multiple victories that we had tremendous multiple in, uh, victories. in court today. Well, we did have multiple multiple victories, and I thought they were tremendous. pretty important. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, getting these uh, judge, getting the judge to to blink and to back down, pretty cool. With only a dozen activists, the only, the thing I wanted to point out is that uh, with the uh, civil disobedience success from this morning. There's something worth noting about this, and that is how effective non-cooperation, peaceful non-cooperation can be. As I point out at the blog over at freekeen.com, the multiple successes that we had this morning is more proof that non-cooperation and civil disobedience result in immediate, tangible changes with a large return on investment. And compare this to how difficult achieving the successes that we uh, happen today, getting anybody to be able to walk into the courtroom with a recording device as opposed to just one person before, allowing people to pan the cameras. Nick Ryder wins in his uh, in his refusal to pay the speeding ticket. Uh, Russell Canning wins, draw. wins in so that uh, he's gotten a 60-day extension, whereas the judge could have cracked down, thrown him in a jail cell or something. So we had some pretty good successes this morning. And compare it... 
Just just the camera things. Compare how difficult achieving those successes would have been if you'd worked inside the system by running a campaign or multiple campaigns and contacting the so-called representatives and begging that they change the system, begging that they go to the code, the New Hampshire statutes, and change the code to make it clear that you shan't move the camera only means that you can't move it from place to place and not that you and that panning is allowed. Imagine how difficult, how much time and effort that process would have taken. Non-cooperative activists achieved those goals, their goals, with a turnout of 12 activists, a couple hours of time invested, a few press releases sent by Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, and the most important element, courage. It was all done this morning. And there was no need to beg. There was no need to cajole. There was no need to call representatives and talk to them and persuade them to vote in your way. There was no need to spend time, money, effort running campaigns, trying to beg for people's votes so you can get elected, so you can go up against the political system, against your opposition, and try to get the changes implemented in the system? How long would that have taken? It would have taken a few years at the very least, just because the elections don't happen every, except every two years. How much money would it have taken? Incalculable. Hard to say. How much time, how much effort? Incalculable. But we can calculate, we can actually look at the results from the civil disobedience and the non-cooperation this morning. All it took was Dave Ridley, one man, and the people backing him up, the other 11 people that showed up. Dave Ridley had the courage to say, you can arrest me. I'm coming in your courtroom, and I'm going to pan a camera. What are you going to do about it? That was all it took. So now you think about that, those of you out there that are such fans of the political system. I'm not saying you should stop your political activism. But I am suggesting you start exploring the world of non-cooperation so you yourself can see the results personally as to how effective this really can be. Because if we can achieve these kind of results with a dozen activists and one man willing to be arrested, what if we have a dozen people willing to be arrested and 50 activists? What if we have more? Think about it. They're going to have to react. I, I'm interested to see how everything goes. That's all I'm saying. Just think about it. Let's go to this uh, phone call, and then we'll wrap things up here. To the amp line. Who's this? Hey, gentlemen. It's Sam. Sam, what's on your mind? Well, I had a little story I've been sitting on. I interviewed three people who were um, in New Orleans when the hurricane hit. I guess this was Hugo was the one who back. Okay. And this is where they shut down the Republican campaign, you know, to go... Take care oh, yeah, I thought of that was Ivan. There and so forth. So okay. these people were on vacation. They were concerned about their identity and even talking about the story. But basically, they had to cut their vacation short. And the last flights out were on that Sunday at around 1 p.m. They had a flight in the morning on Sunday. So mm-hmm. to facilitate getting people to the airport, the government shut the taxis down Saturday <laughs> at uh, 3 <laughs> Great. So then they, you know, they had to go rent a car so that they would be able to make it to the airport. Now, <clears throat> as they're going out around the French Quarter, it was pretty much deserted. They would be passed by Humvees with, you know, armed guards with machine guns and so forth, patrolling mm-hmm. the streets. When they got to the airport, they had to. There, there were National Guard people around, soldiers with M16s. Um, asking for your government ID as well as your boarding pass. If you didn't already have your boarding pass printed out, you could not go to the airport. Wow. Huh. And um, So you couldn't actually get into the airport to print out your boarding pass. You had to do it at home. 
That's my understanding. So of I've, always, I've, I've always printed my boarding pass out of the airport. Yeah, yeah, me too. So poor people who, I mean, even if you had the forethought to do something like that, let's say everybody had the forethought to do something like that that could, that had a computer, the people that don't have computers would have been shit out of luck, wouldn't they? Exactly. Now, also, one of the... Uh, oh, oh, no, but wait, the, Sam, they could have just gotten on the government bus and been taken to the uh, the government's little uh, campground, right? Or wherever it was they were. That's exactly what they told me. They said, no, no, it was actually pretty easy to get out of the city. The government had buses. Mm. That they were, you know, shuttling people out of, and Locking they, they the felt Superdome. like they did a pretty good job. But I'm thinking, here's the other part of the story. While they're at the airport, one of the people, or two of the two in the party, go out to smoke. And when they do, they're approached by a national guardsman with a rifle, asking for their papers, their their ID, and their um, boarding pass. And then the guard, you know, the guard was a little reluctant to do it. And then he checked their papers and left. Well. Then two more in the party come out to join them. The guard comes back and he says, "Yeah, anytime we see somebody, I have to see their papers and you know check everything out." And it, what happens when they start doing that for the bus? If you don't have the national ID card or the approved government ID, does that mean you get to stay back and drown or end up in one of their uh, detention centers? Yeah, you'll end up in a detention center because we've uh, we've seen stories that What's... have said that the immigration people are planning on setting up, keeping their checkpoints running during evacuation uh, time. So, yeah. What's the point in asking for people's papers that are at the airport? That's really I my mean, point in all of this. Market. How are they helping people during an evacuation, during a hurricane? How is the government helping by asking for people's papers at the airport? Was there some kind of incident at the airport, at the Not New Orleans helping. airport? They're helping themselves to warm bodies. They're helping themselves to try to pick out the immigrants. They want to pick they're people not, out. They're not really there to help. They're there to control. Yeah. And that's one of the fundamental differences between the way the private market does things and the way the government does things. You know, they want the control and, and to be able to uh, approve all this and, and just, um, I don't know, where is it going to go? It's, uh, it's going insane is, is where it's going. And the only <laughs> sensible solution is to get the hell out of wherever you are and get to New Hampshire and get active because this is really the only chance. The, uh, the Free State Project, which we, uh, I think we touched on, oh, we, touched, we talked about Porkfest, but the Liberty Forum's coming up. And I know you were at the Liberty Forum last year, and you're probably going to be in state. Uh, you're going to be moved in by the Liberty Forum, right, Sam? Yes, I've uh, just finished the last of my repairs while listening to the show earlier, and uh, Excellent. my house will finally be on the market uh, next week. Congratulations. You know, good we, luck selling it. We talked it. earlier today, and I thought you had a pretty good idea on how to sell this house. It's, really? It's extreme, but it's a pretty good idea. Extreme. I'm going to put it on the market at uh, you know what I think it's worth, and then I'm going to knock 1000 or 2000 off every week until it sells. Wow. Can you see how that's going to build, uh, you know, like people are going to be interested in it. They'll You're be on Realtor.com, they'll watch it or whatever. They'll be on, you know, they'll have a watch on the house and they'll just see it every week. $1,000 comes off. And I better make say, an offer. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. somebody else is going to if right. I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. So, should get it sold and get me up there, which is the point. That is exciting. Great. Sam, anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, that was it. Thanks for the call, dude. Good luck. All right. Uh, there you go, amp.freetalklive.com. If you haven't amped the show, you'll get perks. You'll get the access to the amp-only call-in lines, the chat room, the forum, and more. Of course, this extended edition of Free Talk Live brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. And we'd like to also invite you to the Liberty Forum, which we just mentioned. Uh, you can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get more information. Learn about some of the speakers that are going to be appearing there. Our buddy Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty is going to be talking about his experience with 
which I, I, I'm going to try to attend that if I have the ability to be there. I know that uh, Anthony Gregory from LouRockwell.com, Mark Stevens uh, from AdventuresInLegalLand.com. You're going to see that, I know. I am there for Mark Stevens. Of course, we're going to have him on the show, and we'll have a bunch of people on the show, as we always do. John Taylor Gatto, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Interesting guy, uh, knows a lot about the government school system because he was on the inside. And a whole lot more, uh, all happening at the Liberty Forum. It's one of the biggest pro-liberty events, I think, in the world. And you should be there. If you want to experience what this free state thing's all about... There's few, uh, fewer better opportunities than the Liberty Forum. So I really st- enjoy it. I mean, I have a fun time uh, every year, and I, I gotta, say, I gotta recommend it. I'd absolutely recommend it. So head over to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You'll get an early bird discount if you go now. And it's not only, not only are you gonna get an early bird discount of 199 bucks for the weekend, but you can take another 10% off of that price if you use the discount code of 2009FTL. So you get the early bird discount, use the discount code, 10% off, 2009FTL, all one word, 2009FTL. You get 10% off that $200 price. So tag. it's like $179. Yeah, basically. I wonder if that, does that include any kind of meals? I mean, or did that, the last I, time there were meat meals involved, I don't know. We might have to, you know. might, uh, you we haven't checked on this. You read the website yeah. on that one. Get your details and get signed up, because so, we're going to be there broadcasting live, having a good time. I think we're going to be allowed to have our own little media panel, which should be fun. I haven't gotten all the details. I don't know who's going to be involved, but I'm thinking Gardner Goldsmith, Toby and Nick, maybe, from Free Minds TV. Not both of them. Dave, well, one or the other, whoever wants to do it. Uh, Dave, maybe both. Who knows how many, it depends on how many chairs and mics we have and all that. Dave Ridley. Ridley's Ridley done Report. some amazing things. Who else? Who else? Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not Sam this year because he hasn't moved up yet. But then again, he will be there by the Liberty Forum. So if we can sneak Sam in there. We'll get Sam in there from it's the Obscure Truth speaker. Network. Yep, yep. And he's uh, he's an attractive man, so so we need to bring him in for that. Oh, great. <laughs> anyway, we're done. It's Minnie in here with you and Mark. As though the people listening now don't know who we are. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, probably. It's just a good habit. All right, we're done. See you tomorrow night uh, for the live Saturday edition. And online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The phone's oh, ringing. damn you with your phone calls. All right, fine. Let's go to the Ampline. Unscreened. Hello. Hello, Ampline. Oh, that's nice. All right. Well, Hi. Oh, oh hello. hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, um, who's this? Uh, uh, my name is Sydney, and I'm a 12-year-old girl. Okay. And my dad listens to his to this radio show like nonstop uh-huh, and it's right. kind of annoying <laughs> and really? like sometimes I even wake up in the morning to it why is it, it so gets... annoying well what's annoying about it um well I don't know it's just I always hear it she's a 12 year old girl and it's like <laughs> I just always hear oh the government schools are bad and they everything are. they're bad on, on your way to government school right 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 yeah. Who's I more annoying? School. Who who is the most annoying personality on the show? Um I don't know. You don't how now come on. You've got to have a preference. She doesn't listen enough. She just hears the she just hears the talking. The chatter, yeah. you don't know who's who. You don't know who you don't even know who you're talking oh, to, right? My dad says that I should say Mark. Oh, <laughs> I was I was actually <laughs> expecting it to be me. I mean, I get accused of being more. arrogant and obnoxious and He's just an <laughs> so, anarchist, that's all. Yeah. So there you go. What was your name again? Kelsey? Sydney. Sydney. I need to write these things down. So, Sydney, when are you going to turn 13? Uh, In December. And do you like the government school? Do you go to government school and do you like it? Uh... Yeah. So you're in middle government middle school? They haven't squeezed the life out of you yet? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, just, it gets worse as you go on. Keep a good it? keep a good attitude, Sydney, because uh, that's the best thing to get you through the school. Mm-hmm. Drop out, Sydney. Get out as soon as you possibly can. Don't listen to him. He's insane. Turn Sydney. tricks on the street. Good I'm kidding about crazy. that part. You're, listen to him. Listen to him. <laughs> Don't let your 12 year old call on the uh, the extended edition of Free Talk Live. We, we curse and stuff in this. I mean, what do you what do you She's expect probably to happen? heard all those words. Yeah, probably. You've heard bad words before, haven't you? Yeah. So kids, at, kids at school, they curse. They do that stuff, don't they? I heard these little brats yep. outside the house today. Uh, you know, like this gang of 11-year-olds was walking male down the street. Male 11-year-olds. And, uh, man, mm-hmm. they were just cursing up a storm. Yeah. Kids these days. The way it goes. Yeah. Sydney, when you come to the Liberty Forum, say hi to us, okay? She's coming to the Liberty Forum? Did I miss that I'm point? Presumptive. I am. You are, see, she doesn't know. I just presume. All right, Sydney. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Bye. See you later. All right. We're done. Out of here and back tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. See ya. DVD. Books. Music. Instruments. Periodicals. Computers. Software. Electronics. Photo. Cell phone. Office product. Home and garden. Bed and bath. Furniture. Kitchen. Pet supply. Automotive. Hardware. Apparel. Shoes. Jewelry. Grocery. Healthcare. Sports and outdoors. Toys. Games. Used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.